We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale and producer Cole Baby in the building today because we are handing out awards for pro wrestling. It is a packed list of awards going through this list, so that's going to be really fun. We're also talking some nerd stuff because why not? We got to talk about, let's see, we'll do best show, like TV show or favorite TV show of the year. And then we'll go best video game, best movie. Like, so we'll do those three faves um, to open up the show and then, yeah, get into the pro wrestling. So it's great to be back another week of the Corner Podcast. Last week, people took offense to some of my movie selections, which um, is still causing a stir right now between Andreas and I. Shocking. He does not agree with me still after a week. Um, Cole doesn't seem to be on my side either. So it's, it's, it's an interesting, you're, you're making it tough. You're to making this. it a little tough. I'm not going to lie. You're, I, my bit. political answer here is you're making it tough. Listen, a man calls Ferris Bueller mid and now everyone's up in arms. Like we yeah, just you can't do that. You, you, I mean, come on, man. Yo, Ferris <laughs> of teen movies, Ferris Bueller's the hip hop, the hippie, the hippie, the hip hip hop. You don't, that like, is it's, absolutely it's mad simple. Like when you it's put the, what that, you simple? when you put that towards the other teen movies that have come after it, like I, rec- I respect it was a classic and it's time it was great, but now going back, I'm not sure if it's top ten. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. timeless. I think it's as timeless as, as it gets. Dude, uh, listen, Matthew cool. Broderick is in the parade. Like, yo, no, no, no. It's not just a parade. It's everything that Ferris Bueller does through the whole damn movie. Still, still in his father's car. The, the act, like everything Cameron being this miserable depressed best friend like Sloan like this movie is a classic and then the funny part about it is we thought me you know in our little group chat we thought it was a generational thing Justin Ivy is younger than you and slandered you for slandering Ferris Bueller Justin's an old soul Justin no, no it don't it don't matter you can't they, make an excuse for them, having they build them differently down there in the bayou and then for you to say it's the hip hop, the hippity hop, what of teen movies? Yeah. It, yes, it is the foundation of a lot of teen movies as, as well as Breakfast Club, 16 Candles and all those films. And I think those are better, by the way. 
Stop. Just stop. Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. I Ferris Bueller was the, was the film that made everybody want to ditch school and be like Ferris. Everybody oh. wanted to be like Ferris after that movie. Fer- like Matthew Broderick was incredible in that movie. You got to stop, man. You are just disrisrespecting films. Cool. I'm not. <laughs> I, just, I just call it. I didn't say it was bad. I just said it was mid. No, okay. calling it mid, you might as well call mid. it bad. When you say like 10 things I hate about you is better than Ferris Bueller, which defined oh. an era of films. Like, what is wrong with you? That's fine. Because it comes first doesn't mean that something that comes after isn't better. In this case, it does. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, period. Your, your movie tastes suck. I, I hate you. You are a movie snob. You are like I'm an everything snob, but you come are on, an man. everything snob. <laughs> you you can say you can say that you like certain, but when you call them like your hot takes bother me because you call great things mid. Like you can say it's not my favorite, but yeah. to slander Ferris Bueller and saying that was the, the like the, those five movies were the worst, yeah, is the problem. That's what a hot take is, and that's why your hot takes are absolutely garbage. You should nah, go to jail. But they certainly are quite fuego. So, you know, for that, fuego. for that, we appreciate you, I suppose. And it <laughs> just makes an incredible dynamic. So, you know, I mean, look, look, the, the good thing about Twitter is everybody thinks they're a critic. So somebody out there is going to believe this bullshit. Somebody, <laughs> Some, somebody you can find somebody. Someone, to believe someone will agree with you. Yes, there, yeah. there is. Everyone will no matter what you say. Yeah, there's always going to be one person, one that's going to be like, I agree with Kel. And Kel's going to take that shit to the bank. But it oh, doesn't make that's it all right. I need. That's all I need is one person. Classic, See? classic heel material. Classic. I, I'm heel. so glad. Like uh, Cole on last week's episode. So we, we did the movie list and everything. I try to catch um, Dre up on like all the other lists we've been doing while he's gone. So I got his like Marvel, you know, his comic book list and everything, um, which his surprise on there was Punisher. I fucking love the Punisher. Oh, that's that's a good pick. Great pick. So, Thank um, you. See, when I say no things, it doesn't matter. It's no, just I, he, I understand your logic. Yeah, there, it was good logic behind that. But I just remember, like, when I was catching him up on the show, how, like, the three weeks where he was gone, there were so many hot takes. I couldn't even rehash them. Like, the show, we finished that segment. I was like, oh, thank God I didn't tell about, like, some of the other hashtags, <laughs> hot takes while he was gone. It was like a music episode, Dre. Your head would have exploded. Uh, dude, I already know. When I'm not around and the, and the fucking training wheels are off, you're oh. just flying by the seat of your pants. No, it wasn't even me. Like, I, I had Spence from uh, Views from the Seven come through and do the music segment with me. And immediately, he slandered Prince. Uh, what? Yo, <laughs> two seconds into hey, the show. Hey, <laughs> delete that episode. Just delete it. It doesn't exist anymore. There was... No- there was a lot of there was a lot of me, me myself and Cole and, were like what? a lot of myself and Antoine. Shout out to Antoine, who obviously not here since we're not in the studio, but shout out to him on the ones and twos. He and I were looking at each other in the control room, going like, "What in the <laughs> world are we talking about here?" Oh, I think Prince was called mid, and I was defending <laughs> Prince. Yeah. It was he, I think at one point Spet said he was a knockoff Rick James. He did say that. <laughs> Prince was a knockoff Rick James. James. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the exact like sentiment that led to this conversation. Sometimes, yo, sometimes I wonder when people were born and when they like when they couple things together. Oh, because my age, so yeah, we're the exact same age. But what I'm saying is like when you start putting certain things together and trying to figure out where where people existed, Prince was the foundation of so much. Now, obviously, Prince did tour with Rick James. Yeah, 
but Prince was like an entirely different genre, like of, of nasty. Like, yes, Rick James had like Fire and Desire, and Tina Marie and everything like that. But yo, Prince produced everybody. Like not only was he making classic music that is timeless, he like there would be no Sheila E if there wasn't Prince. There would be more no Morris Day of the time. There would be no Vanity. Mid? <laughs> and, and, and on top of that, Prince played played all the instruments on all of those records, oh. too. He played Dude, everything. The man wrote Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. Stop. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I felt like your ears were burning somewhere and you just had no clue why. Yo, like, thank God they weren't. If I would have heard that, I'm telling you, man, delete that episode. I'm serious. We, we, we would have had to close down the studio. It would have been destroyed. <laughs> That's what I think Andreas would have just went on a rage, just, uh, just throwing Prince. stuff. Yeah, that was that was quite the take. Definitely the hottest take that's been made in the studio so far. Three yeah, months, yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, Kel, that one got you off the hook. And it's one of those things where, <laughs> you know, making the band where Diddy had to shut down the studio. That's what yeah. we had to have. We would have to just shut down the studio. I don't know why I thought it's Chappelle's skit first. He's just like, I'm closing the studio. <laughs> just come on. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Nah, so there's been some hot takes in your absence. So you think the movie hot take was crazy. We've, we've I, I can, I can only contain him so much, Andreas, without you there. So we need you back in the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus. I think that was a Michael Jackson versus Prince conversation, too. I, mm. I don't know. Like... Oh man! Oh, that and Jay Z has no classic albums. I think it was another take. <laughs> who, who said this? Um, me and Spencer debating this back and forth. He doesn't think Jay has, or the only classic for Jay is Black Album. I think he said. Um, Maybe Blueprint. I don't know. He, oh, and he, Kanye's classic is the Life of Pablo. Yeah, yeah, delete that episode. Just I was delete. like, yeah, there, there was some hot takes back and forth. There's a, that's not even logic that makes like if you try to construct a, an argument that makes sense, like listen, you don't have to be the biggest Jay-Z fan. And like I'm not a fan of a lot of music that I know is timeless. Like, I've never been a fan of Jeezy, but I, I'm not gonna lie and say Jeezy's first album to a lot of people is classic. I'm not gonna call it it wasn't my thing, but to say that the man only has one classic. Yeah. And to say Kanye's only He's a classic, very public Nas fan too, though. So I think that's I'm a Nas fan bias. too. The bias is there. I don't care. Like Illmatic's one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time, but that doesn't take away what Jay has. Just because you win a championship doesn't mean the person that won the year before doesn't matter. True. That's dumb. <laughs> Delete that episode. <laughs> so yeah, we've had some good hot takes. Good hot takes here in your yeah. absence. Those aren't good. I would say good. I, certainly hot. We're just gonna leave it at hot takes. Yeah, spicy. Yeah. Real spicy. Fuego. Y'all trying me. Y'all really trying me. I just got back, man. I knew the Prince. I knew the Prince one. (laughs) I I don't know anyone who loves Prince as much as this man. Now, I'm sure there are people, but it's it's impossible to say that Prince is mid, considering everything that he did. It's crazy. That's That's like saying Denzel Washington's an okay actor. (laughs) That's true. It's a good cop. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can't I can't knock anyone's hot take. I've had the Stevie Wonder hot take on this very podcast before, so we don't got to rehash this from seven years ago. But you tried to that was almost it. Two two episodes into this podcast. That was almost it. Andre, I saw him rethink the entire decision to have a podcast with me with my Stevie Wonder hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Just (laughs) well, the man said you don't have to see Stevie Wonder live. We we don't go there, Simba. 
I think that's all we could say about that is we just look at that and it's the Kel hot take zone. Someone photoshopped this. Where it's just we don't go there, Simba. We just oh. don't do it. We're we're not. Oh. I I'm not gonna even go there because I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna reopen some old wounds. We don't we don't need that. Yeah, we, we need yeah. we need fresh hot takes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's not go back in time. Um, <laughs> all right, so we'll start off. I guess we'll do television, movies, video games because video games will take the longest to talk about i am sure so television i I don't know why i set myself up this way so tv dre we don't watch any of the same shows and you tell me these shows are fantastic all this stuff cool um we we don't watch i'm a habitual reality tv watcher (laughs) oh no like constantly like uh before we got on here i was catching up on love after lockup and I finished Married at First Sight, all this good stuff. My television show of the year, and you can close your ears if you want, is for my reality TV people. My overall show of the year is a reality show. It's Married at First Sight Australia. That's gross. Season eight. <laughs> Yo, if people, if you watch it, VH1 showed it a little, um, or TLC. Uh, showed it earlier in the year, like when they had a break with the regular one. Incredible. Like they pair them up, but then you so can wrong. like switch partners and people it's are wrong. Where to use. I'm sorry. It's 32, 32 episodes of Fuego. Married at First Sight, Australia. Best show I've seen this year. Mm. Oh, that, that, that hurts my soul. To call a reality show incredible is troubling. It is incredible. Captivating <laughs> television. Uh... Nah. Um, Cole, you want to go? Or you want me to go? I, I'll, I'll let you go because, you know, for, for me, I'm probably going to do it a little bit different of shows uh, I, I would like to watch and have be, be most interested in because, unfortunately, I just haven't had a whole lot of time to catch up on, on television this year. But I'd like to hear your opinions and then kind of go from, like, my most anticipated show of 2021 that's already happened. All right. So, full disclosure, I have not watched Ted Lasso yet. I plan to do that at the beginning of the year. The best show on television this year, hands down, to me, is Succession. Succession is phenomenal. There is nothing touching the writing on that show and the acting. Kieran Culkin is amazing. Everybody's amazing on that show. The, I know a lot of people love Squid Game. I like Squid Game, um, but it's not my favorite show of the year. The, another show that falls on my list is Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, Kel, Kel, we don't watch the same shows. We don't watch the same shows at all, even though I'm going to check out the comedy one on HBO. Oh, Southside like South is stupid. Like, I'm late to the party <laughs> on Southside, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is nuts. Um, Mayor of Easttown, Kate Winslet should probably win an Emmy for her performance in Mayor of Easttown. It, that, that limited series is incredible. Um, I'm trying to think of this. There's got to be one more show. I just start, I just started Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, where's WandaVision? I, I like WandaVision and I like Loki a lot. But when it comes to like straight yeah, up. That's true. Loki was when, really good. When it comes to like just straight up acting, it's, it's succession. It's succession and everybody else. That, that run this season, the way this season closed for those who have watched it, and when I make this reference, you'll know what I mean. The finale is the Red Wedding of Succession. The season finale mm-hmm. is their version of the Red Wedding. 
which if you've only watched a couple of episodes or you just know the premise of the show, you'd be like, I don't get it. But then you watch it, come back and, and let me know if you see this comparison of the Red Wedding. Um, other shows that I've enjoyed are like Insecure. Uh, what else did I watch? I've watched a lot of shit this year. Oh, my um, second hand watched a show with my wife that was really good. It's about like the pharmaceutical companies and shit. Um, it's dope very, sick. Dope sick. That You know yeah. what? That wasn't bad at all. Quietly, uh, The Chair, which is very short on Netflix, uh, is really good. But yeah, The Chair is really good. But yeah, it's it's Succession and like everything else. I waited all like I waited a long time for this season of Succession to come. And when it when it came, it exceeded my expectations. What season number is this? Uh, four. Damn, four, too late for me to catch up. Yeah, it I, is I not too late. Missed the boat. It is not too late. It is not too late. There are people that swear by billions, and I have not watched episode of Billions yet, and I'm going to. And there are people that swear by like a lot of these very dialogue heavy shows. There's Succession is hands down one of the top shows that I've seen in the last five years, the top series, because it just doesn't stop. It just keeps getting better. And I also very much enjoy dysfunctional rich white people falling apart. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good premise for a lot of shows. Like, I'm not, like all right, I'm not, not mad at that at all. Uh, Cole, you can go ahead. because I, Yeah, I think I think, you know, uh, at least speaking for Succession, that's a, that's definitely like as far as the highly anticipated shows I need to get into. There's very few shows that capture that bubble of social media completely where it just the whole Internet just shuts down when, yeah. when Succession is on. And all you see are memes, tweets about what's going on in that show. And, you know, Ga- Game of Thrones was very much that way until the last season just oh. poopied all over it. Um, and then, uh, you know, for, like squid game was, was that way for, for a while when it came out. Um, that's another, like, I, I did not catch the squid game fever. Uh, I need to go back and see that. I did hear recommended through my friend group. They all recommended going to watch Alice in Borderland. If you guys enjoyed squid game. So take that recommendation for what you will. I'm going to take, I'll take a little bit of a different route here for, for shows that shows that Cole actually watched. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, it might be a little bit of cheating because it started very late 2020 and then went into 2021 and not necessarily a new TV show, but the season four of Attack on Titan was unbelievable. Was really? My daughter's game, watching that right now. Game changing for, for, for like that show's dynamic as far as you know, where it started and where it's going. It was really the season, you know, like season three ends of, without giving too many spoilers away, like, you know, season three kind of ends at a, at a real tipping point of, you know, what the show has been and what the show is going to be about. Because a lot of things get revealed at the end of there and season four picks up completely kind of wiped, not quite wipes the slate clean, but really just reorders the chessboard and starts a new game. Um, and the, the final part of that season is going to be coming out in January of next year. And I cannot wait to see how it ends. It's one of the most fascinating shows, anime, live action, whatever that you're ever going to watch. Season four has some of the most like breathtaking scenes of just like pure, like that kind of game of Thrones feeling of like, something's going to happen and it's going to be big and it's going to be dangerous and it's going to catch you off guard. And there's just some things that like, like if you're a director in those standpoints and you watch it you go like 
boy, I wish I could have directed that. Like, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, so I think that's, that's the pick I'm going to go with. Uh, it did go into 2021. So I guess it counts. Um, but very excited for, for, for uh, the part two of season four, the finale of the show. And I highly recommend it to anybody, obviously, who's in the anime circles or just, just wants a good TV show. I think it, it, it transcends that boundary so much. Uh, I think it, it does a lot of things that ga- like the good parts of Game of Thrones was doing. And I think uh, because of that, um, it really kind of transcends everything. So excited for the finale of that. Is it dubbed or do you watch it with subs? Sub. I think I think oh. I have not I've not watched the sub version. Um and and I can't can't comment on how, how good and or bad it is as, as someone who like considered like the Cowboy Bebop sub or the Cowboy Bebop dubbed is really good and is one of like the best like dubbed versions of anything is fantastic. But yeah, I think I mean the performances in the sub version are fantastic. Um and I think it's a hundred percent worth it. So um yeah, what what a what a show. I can't wait to see how it ends. I gotta catch up. Oh, I've failed Anyone to watch mention- Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. I've heard I've I did not I did not watch the live action. Oh, one. I heard it, it was just horrible. And it just the only the joy I got out of that me. was knowing that like my family would watch it just based on like it, it fits our aesthetic. Like my family loves like, sci-fi, they love like the action adventure kind of thing. And I kept saying to myself, it's like my parents are gonna watch a show that I like hung out in my you know with my friends in in their basement watching adult <laughs> swim watching cowboy bebop in the early 2000s like and now my parents are gonna like watch a version of that show like i thought that was super cool regardless of it being good or bad it just as like as it like kind of creates that kind of bonding point of being able to be like have you seen cowboy bebop and then you go like oh i've seen cowboy bebop but not in the way that you think <laughs> <laughs> i've seen the good stuff like you got you, you think this is okay wait till you see you know the, the 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 real show so uh i think that's been a really cool experience at least as far as that show is concerned to the quality of it can't speak to it so mm, i gotta i gotta watch it another show that i didn't me- mention that was really good this year that kind of flew under the radar was heels this is a pro wrestling mm. podcast Heels was really good on Netflix. I mean, not Netflix, on Stars. Not sure if it's going to come back, but for a pro wrestling show that pulls back the curtain on like the indie scene and a family that's in pro wrestling, it's phenomenal. Stephen Amell is great in it. Stephen it's, Amell. He, it, it's just, it's, I highly recommend it for anybody who is, loves pro wrestling, because this is our pro wrestling podcast, and is looking for a really good show. Really good. Really, really good. I recommend it. See, I saw hype around the first episode and then just haven't really dived into it. My wife watched like two or three episodes, though. She was like, oh, no, you'll like this show. Oh, it's it's so and then good. She stopped to like wait for me and then we just haven't caught up. You were too busy watching weekend, too. Troy and fucking reality TV. Like, <laughs> I am never missing my reality TV, but I will fit in. Um, I'll fit in that. And then Southside. Those will be yeah. my two joints to watch uh, before the end of the year. Yeah. So you, right. you have enlightened me, sir. Enlightened me. Um, let's go to the movie realm then. Again, Dre's gonna be hoity toity and he's gonna pick like a good drama, and that's cool. Yo, um, 2021 sucked for movies. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't know if you I watched Spider-Man last week. So <laughs> my my brain is on a whole different wavelength right now. Um Spider-Man this year is probably the movie I enjoyed most. I am also like Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was dope, but 
but see, you're picking like comic book movies. Like I'm way behind on movies, like way behind. Like I haven't watched The Heart of They Fall yet. I haven't watched The Power of the Dog yet. I haven't watched. Jesus, I haven't watched Passing yet. Like there's a lot of movies that I haven't haven't watched. I have a pick, but yeah, there's just a lot of shit I haven't watched this year. So, yeah, y'all go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking a superhero movie. Like, I feel like that's on brand. Like, there wasn't, like, a ton of comedies that come out. Um, I mean, there's one movie that I did watch because my mom suggested it, and I actually know this person. My mom dated this guy, like, in my youth for, like, several years, Um, and his name was Kenny, but his father was killed, like, a couple years ago um, by police who showed up at his door at his dad's door and like the police killed his dad. Um, and it just became like a movie and it's like really good. It's called the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. I just saw that on Hulu. On Hulu? Yeah. I'm going to watch. Um, it. Wow. Really? Yeah. So my mom dated him and like, we've been Facebook friends since and like him, and my mom like stayed like really good friends. Um, he was a cop. So he just like moved. So they broke up, but um, they remained friends like throughout life. And yeah. His, his father was killed like by the officers. And now uh, I think Morgan Freeman, um, got in on it, heard the story, and then decided to produce it through his movie company. And then now it's out on all platforms. So I watched it. Phenomenal movie. And it's something where I knew happened, obviously, because you're a friend and family. So to see it like in a movie and it's won a ton of awards this year. It's, it's very good, though. The Killing mm-hmm. of Kenneth Ch- Chamberlain. Yeah, it was very well done. Good movie. All right. Cole? You yeah. Have a movie? Yeah. Again, I think it. it I, I agree with, uh, with Andreas here. They're like, not a lot that was just striking that like got me like hooked and interested as far as like wanting to like go out and see these things um and and again i think probably like the anticipated movie probably surmises kind of like what i would you know what i like what's most been striking to me and what i want to see um the tragedy Macbeth. i want to see that really badly it looks fantastic just the way it's shot and the way the way it looks it's so it's got it's got a style to it it's got Denzel in it. He he can't be giving a bad performance, so it's probably going to be pretty good. I think like yeah, just this year was like Dune was was probably like the big anticipated movie, just as far as being like a big sci-fi nerd. And it just you know obviously the original Dune is yeah. so long, it's bloated. I love David Lynch, but movies a lot, movies a lot to take it. And I still feel the same way about this current dune in which it's still just like there's just a lot there's just a lot to take in it's like just just this over bloated thing and then of course like it doesn't end and it goes like oh yeah by the way there's two of them and you're like oh cool all right nice we're snyder cutting this cool awesome fantastic um so yeah i don't know if i if if i have like a real particular pick for 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 best boot because i wouldn't go like i wouldn't i wouldn't put dune up there i just it doesn't do it for me. I still have to obviously see Spider Man and, and gotta do this. Uh, you gotta, gotta, do gotta get there as we talked about it last week. Um, but definitely like Tragedy Macbeth, I want to see really badly, and I've just started seeing the promos for it, so can't wait for that to come out. But uh, I'll I'll pass it off from that point. Yeah, dog. I don't know. Was a uh, was Judas and the Black Messiah this year or last year? Last year, I think that was last year, I believe. Son of a bitch. Oh, um, the, the Western joint on Netflix was really good, though. The Heart of the Fall. I haven't watched Heart that of the yet. Fall. Oh, it was, yeah, it was very enjoyable. And uh, I kind of like Westerns anyway. Um, I just like 
just the whole aesthetic behind it. It was, it was, it was really fun. I'm not sure if I can say like his movie of the year or anything like that. Like, again, I don't, I don't know, but it was a movie I enjoyed a lot when I watched it. It was really dope. Yeah, dog, I'm struggling. Like, I there's just a lot of movies I haven't seen. Like, I have all these movies in my queue because my 2021 work wise was ridiculous, and I just didn't go to the movies because of a fucking pandemic. Yeah. So it's like my does favorite- that whack you out? Like, is that why it's so hard to choose and like for you to yeah. feel, like not being able to physically go to the movies, like stuff dropping on HBO Max and like Disney Plus, and they going like straight there, um, straight to Hulu. Did that like whack out the movie experience this year? I mean, for me, it did. And the reason why I did is because it's not necessarily that the the streaming part of it, but I like the act of going to a movie where the only thing I'm paying attention to is what's on the screen in front of me. Unlike you, Kel, who sit there and text people while you're at the movie theater. I like, tweet, sir. Do not. <laughs> come on, man. It's like this, texting people. To me, the theater is like sacred. Like, I don't pull out my <laughs> phone. Like, I'm, I'm in a zone. So when movies are streaming at home, unlike TV shows where it's like bite-sized portions of a movie, I have to sit through like two hours of a movie and it makes it really hard for me. So like then plus with Spider-Man only being in theaters and me saying, yeah, there's like a bloated list of people catching COVID. I'm not a big fan of going to the theaters at the moment. So it's really hard for me to consolidate all these movies. The one movie that I will say is a documentary that I enjoy, which is the Summer of Soul, which is Questlove's movie about the the black Woodstock. Oh, that was good. It is that was that, really good. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. That movie is incredible. But it's like the only thing I've seen this year when it comes to movies. So I'm gonna put that at the top of my list, knowing that like all these movies that I haven't seen and that I plan to see. So this is a incomplete for me. But Summer of Soul is probably my favorite. Yeah, I th- I want to piggyback on the on the documentary front too, because the uh the uh the Beatles Get Back documentary oh, came out in three parts. And uh Wow, it's it paints that whole era of the Beatles and and pulling back the curtain here, Cole Henderson, huge Beatle maniac. I mean, I <laughs> like high school. It's all I listened to growing up. I, I know all the words, all the songs, every like it was just part of my music DNA growing up. Um, and that era constantly kind of gets made out as like, oh, the Let It Be movie came out and and you know it made the Beatles look all dysfunctional and everything like that, and them putting peter jackson putting all this footage together obviously like it it goes on for a long time it's about six or seven hours worth based over three episodes um and it's like you kind of have to really like the beatles at at some points (laughs) like not feel like it's dragging but uh for like you know for for the beetle fan like who it's pointed towards it, it just paints that whole era as something completely different where you could see you know the fractures are starting to show but at the end of the day they're just like four dudes just getting together and just jamming and like just coming up with killer tune after killer tune after killer tune and it just paints it paints a much rosier picture than when you know originally that the let it be movie came out as like oh the band's destruction and then of course they broke up shortly after that so um yeah such a cool experience and you get to see the whole you know rooftop concert like in its entirety what's happening up top what's happening down below with the cops and the people and you know just such a cool such a cool little time capsule and a a cool experience huge shout out to that to that uh that three-part series i highly recommend it for sure i'm i'm going to it's on my list like i saw it and i love things where an individual in the reason why i watch summer soul 
you dig up this footage that nobody's ever seen before and you put it together in a way that's both entertaining and informative. I, I enjoy that. Like, I'm a big documentary guy, but your documentary has to be entertaining to some degree. I can't stand documentaries just lay footage out and then you watch and you're like, all right, this is miserable. But that I, I heard that that is very well put together and it's yeah. Peter Jackson. So I'm going to watch it. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 awesome. I mean, you definitely hear the same songs like over and over and over because they keep working on them. But it's just like really cool seeing how some of those songs like just all of a sudden appear out of kind of thin air. And they're classic songs that, you know, are still like huge staples on all kinds of radio and, uh, and what everyone's listening to when they think of like classic rock. So um, and then, yeah, and just like seeing. Yeah, just. I don't want to go too much into it because then I'll, I'll go down a rabbit hole for, for a half hour and I just say, go watch the movie. Go do it. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you just gave me a light bulb moment because documentaries crushed it this year. I watched that like Woodstock documentary. There's a DMX one out there that was like really good. Um, shout out to AJ Springer and verse Rat Pack group chat talking about the Juice World documentary, how it's crazy. Like there's really good documentaries that dropped this year. And I mean, I feel- there's usually really good documentaries that drop almost every year. You just got to do sure. your job in finding them. Um, like me and my wife have, we're, you know, big true crime documentary people. And I finally watched Showtime's Murder the Bayou the other night with my wife. And holy fuck. Like it just, it's like the keepers on Netflix. There's so many good documentaries. You just got to find them. And that's the problem with like streaming. You have to have all the damn streaming things to find all these documentaries. Yeah. And you just got to have time to watch them. And that's, that's like the hard part. But yeah, this year was a good year for documentaries, but I feel like it's almost every year. Um, I have to watch the tragedy in Macbeth. I think, yeah, I'm killing myself. I'm looking at it right now and I'm just like, man, I need anything with Denzel. I need to watch, but yeah, I need to see this. Also, as far as documentaries uh, go and, and wanting to see them, I really want to see the, uh, the Val Kilmer one that came out this year. Uh, that what that one I heard was supposed to be really good. He, he liked, filmed so many things backstage and like uh, on the sets like he he had one of those old school cameras and he like he, he was like one of the few actors doing that like during his day and like people forget he was he was a huge deal for yeah. for 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 quite a long time so i that was that's definitely on the must watch list what what was the documentary and then we can we're belaboring this point but what was the documentary that came out on Hulu? Soleil Moon Fry did it about all the uh, yeah. The chat. That was actually pretty good as well. Same concept. I was about to say it's like that same thing. Like she just had a camera all the time, mm-hmm. found yeah. all the footage. But yeah, she uh, dated the dude from Kids. She dated what, Casper. Dog, everybody from Kids um, is dead except everyone for like, Rosario Dawson, and that's crazy. To yeah. Me. <laughs> so like she was friends with all of them. So it shows that it shows like all the young Hollywood stars. Uh, hanging Kid out. eighty. Kid eighty. That's what. Kid eighty. Yeah, it was dope. That was great. Oh, by the way, Succession is on season season three, not four. Season three oh, just said. Right. I think I could get some time. I I'm not that far behind. So yeah, I can uh like my wife will like it. So I could probably just like ear hustle and half watch it with her. No, nah, you can't. No, nah, you don't half watch things. Like I can't. I, this, 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 this kind of focus. I just, yeah. yeah, this guy right here. I, you seem just so hurt by that right now. You were just like, what? I just I told you how that. amazing this show is. Are you going to half watch it? Yeah, you can't. Oh, I'm not I'm not that like that's my thing. Like my wife can do it. Like my wife is very good at multitasking. So she'll be like working on things and watching shows and she tell me you should watch the show. I can't do that. If I'm watching something, I'm watching something. I can't nah, do anything else. I, was, I get pissed off if I miss something. I was a man with 3 TVs. What do you like my life is half watching stuff. Um yeah. 
that is no correlation to why I like Troy, though. I, it, I'm Please. giving Troy All right, my moving full attention. On. <laughs> moving on. And uh, on some point. Yeah. Uh, Next up, video games. Uh, video ahead, game Kel. of the year. That's it. You, yo, I'm one and done. I'm in and out of here. You know what it is? Halo, number one video game of the year. I've been waiting a decade for a Halo game this good. It makes me feel like I'm in junior year high school again. I love it. Halo, number one. That's it. I don't need another game this year. I don't care what else came out. I just found out. Um, oh, damn. What was the game? My daughter told me like some wild game came out this year. I was like, oh, I was hoping to play that. Nope. Whatever. Just playing Halo. It's the only thing downloaded on my Xbox right now. Oh, and MLB The Show. <sighs> Look, man, I'm not saying Halo's a bad game, but there's so many. This I'm not. It wasn't a great year for video games. But it was a pretty good year of video games. There was some really solid titles this year. Cole, I'm going to let you take it because we, me and you, I think we have similar tastes. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what you have on your list. Yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, I, I think it, interesting is, is, uh, is a good way to put it. I think there's there's a lot of a lot of dynamics of some really great things happening in video games and some dynamics that are not so good, particularly, you know, we're, we're remastering and remaking a lot of games and some of the remasters are coming out and they're a little busted and that's not great. So hopefully we clean that up, up in the uh, next few years, but um, feel like you're taking I, a shot at GTA. Say, a little say the bit. Name, it's Cole. gotten better. Say it's gotten better. It's gotten yeah. better, but yeah, yeah, some of, some of it's Very just rough. a little busted. Um, so hopefully it gets to a good point because obviously having those games, especially like on the switch, which thank you, Andreas for the recommendation is a great, it's like, it's a, great call oh i'm on a airplane guess i'll play some gta um you know i think yeah so my list is interesting Uh, there's a game i want to put up there as game of the year but i haven't gotten a chance to finish it yet part of the reason is because it is a co-op only game um that game is it takes two uh i think as far as game design goes and like a start to finish experience it's really unique um and the beats of like the comedy that they execute the stages the platforming everything just like there isn't anything bad about that game um and and there's it's it's just very rare to 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 feel like there isn't something that like that didn't bother me about that game at all and it's extremely funny extremely heartwarming i guess the one bad thing you could say is like the book of, of love was annoying and the, the parents are pretty shitty parents, uh, to say the least, <laughs> which I guess is the whole premise of it. But like, they're really bad. Uh, but I think because I haven't finished that game, I'm going to give my 2021 game of the year to Resident Evil Village. Mm, and good pick. I say this because it's the greatest hit. It's like Resident Evil like has had seven albums. Let's let's not talk about many of the spinoffs. Some of them are good. Some of them are uh, stay away. But like, let's just say from Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, there's Resident Evil 8 is like, all right, we this is our greatest hits album. We're going to take pieces of all of our games and throw it into this one and make it first person and still have the horror and have some action where like it gets a little, little, action, a little action heavy at the end where it turns into Call of Duty Zombies. But um holy crap just from beginning to end like i i i beat that game in two settings like i just couldn't put it down it was just it was resident Evil 4 one of my 
favorite games of all time. Obviously, it pulled so many aesthetics from that, and it combined so much of what Resident Evil 7 does with the horror and, and the dread kind of coming back to the series. Um, it's got a little something for everybody. It, it really is. I, it was truly like an achievement. Great for like finding the collectibles, getting the money, trying to you know buy your items, make your guns as powerful as they can. It just it did everything that Resident Evil does so well. And for that, I think it's my 2021 game of the year. And there's some there's some close seconds and thirds. I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Andreas, because I think I think we're going to uh, we're like whatever you say is probably going to be a case where I was like, yep, that was like right there with it. So I think, you know, some really, really good top tier games for sure. Yeah. So I just finished Metroid Dread, which I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is really fucking good. Um, and if you play the Metroid series, uh, well, excluding some of the spinoffs, it kind of bottles this thing up very well. Um, not my favorite game, though. Uh, one of my the, the big surprise for me this year was how good Guardians of the Galaxy was. I didn't expect it to be that good. I was like, ah, you can only be Star-Lord. Ah, you know, ah, it might suck. The Avengers wasn't that great. But it's probably the best dialogue written in a video game where there's this running banter between everybody and it's like laugh out loud funny for like the entire like 20 20 hour campaign so guardians of the galaxy is like my sneaky good pick but i'm stuck on death loop death loop is still my game of the year like it, it just the the everything that goes into that game and then when you finally pull it all together the payoff um the only problem that i've had with death loop is i wish there were more cutscenes to tell the story than i instead of reading so goddamn much but fuck it that game that's my game of the year uh Such, yes so good so it, good it's just there's so much to do in that game there's so many ways to approach a situation um yeah that's my game of the year i was trying to think like resident evil was close because i i felt a, such a sense of satisfaction finishing that shit and like like the the boss battle with like the witches and you had you had to bust yeah. the window i was like yo oh. this is great um what is another game? And I, and I was big on Returnal this year. Um, I love those those kind of grindy uh, Metroidvania types, roguelikes. Like, I, I was big on Returnal this year. I just started Far Cry 6. Eh, it's fine. I'm going to finish it. Whatever. Uh, Halo's campaign, I haven't finished yet. I'm still playing, like, Psychonauts on Xbox. Um, but, yeah, it, it's Deathloop. It's Deathloop for me. That's, Great game. That's, that's probably, like, your one, Mike. My one, two right there where like you could easily make arguments for both to, to, to flip them back and forth. I think those two games were 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 the were the class of 2021 for sure. And I mean, yes, yes, Kel, we, we love we love the Halo games. It's fun. Returnal it's fun looks being, crazy. It's fun being like, Spider-Man Master Chief, that I will say. I'm like looking up Returnal, though. This shit looks incredible. Like oh, it just it looks, looks phenomenal. The thing about PlayStation 5 games, and I'm fig- I'm doing this with like Far Cry 6 right now, the adaptive triggers, like the, the controller, and it works with like Deathloop as well, and Resident Evil. Man, that controller is something yeah. else. There's like nothing like it. Like I'm playing, like I got Forza 5 on Xbox, and it's great, and it looks unbelievable. But I'm like, damn, I wish this was on PS5. Because like the, the way those sensitivity triggers work, yeah, I'm a fucking video game geek. I love it, but <laughs> God, man, like it yeah yeah it, it returnal is just it and it looks like a ps5 game that was a problem with a lot of playstation 5 games at the beginning of the year it's like ah this still kind of looks like a ps4 game except the loading screens are a lot faster returnal oh ratchet and clank rift apart fuck it looks like a pixar movie unbelievable but yeah 
it, it's Deathloop. Like the moment that they announced the game, I was like, I gotta play this. Then I got it, and I was like, all right, this is great. And right now I'm playing Tales of Arise. It's 44 hours at least long for an RPG. I uh, will talk about that next year because that's probably going to be when I finish it. <laughs> not finishing it until the new year. All right. <laughs> nah, there's there's no fucking way. <laughs> not a tail, not a tails game. No, no, no. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is about what I hate the most about video games is the flurry of releases that happen from like August to like the beginning of November. And then it's like, I can't finish all this shit. And I buy them all and they just sit. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get to all you. Like I got Scarlet Nexus. I still haven't finished that. I got Far Cry. I got Tales of Arise. Halo just dropped. Forza dropped. Um, Back for Blood. I still even haven't touched it and I've downloaded it. And then on my Switch, like, yeah, there's a few things like uh, Bravely Default, which I still haven't finished it because I'm a big JRPG fan. It's just too many games. And I just got to find room for all this stuff. Then I got to watch TV and movies, too. And then we got to talk pro wrestling. It's sensory overload. Yeah, I just hijacked my son's Switch. They got here yesterday. Oh, it's on and popping. <laughs> I tell you, man, that, the, the Switch is there's people that be like, I don't really play my Switch. If you're on the move, even if you just go take a shit. <laughs> it's like the best system ever because you can just take it wherever you want. It's great. I love it. You gotta sanitize the switch. <laughs> like <laughs> just you know, yeah, just set that thing down a little bit. Yeah, but. yeah. There's no switch sharing. But he's going not. On but he's also here. not wrong. So just say what we're all <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I exactly. Lying. Uh Now nah, let's hit the break. Then come back. We got to hit up these pro wrestling awards. So people have been waiting for us to do a pro wrestling show. Pro wrestling awards. We're handing them out. And then I had this weird idea. I don't know what happens. Like when we get back in studio, we should be there January 9th. I don't think any fights are really going on before then, but we have WWE day one and new Japan wrestle kingdoms, like one, two, and three already happening by the time we go back into the studio. So our first show back in studio Sunday, January 9th, we'll probably have to be pro wrestling. Yeah. And we'll just load it with pro wrestling. And um, AEW has a New Year's show, right? Because yeah. it's a uh, Daniel Bryan Cowboy 2. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what we can kind of do is touch on like these upcoming shows through our awards because I have a feeling that some of these things are going to bleed into it. So, yeah, for all the listeners stuck through all our nerdy shit, sorry. And you was waiting for the pro wrestling. You know how this show goes. You, you get a, <laughs> you get a, almost an hour of bullshit before you get to the, the yeah, meat. We, we here now. We here now. Yeah. So, we uh, let's take a break. Be right back with pro wrestling. Don't go anywhere. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we are back. Time for Pro Wrestling Awards. Cole is ready. He's prepared. He His is so much, like, cleaner than mine. I make the uh, rundown, Cole. Cole has, like, stuff listed out. He has runner-ups to his category. Kel, Kel mentioned, he's like, you know what? We're, we're going to do Pro Wrestling Show. We're going to have producer Cole Bay Bay on the show. And I was like, oh, well, now I got to come ready. I, I, I can't I can't come with nothing. I can't no, show can't. up, you know? So, yeah, re- ready to talk, ready to do debate ready to 
acknowledge all of us. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, sorry, my wife just texted me. <laughs> uh, and randomly, she, this is a text message, literally, I just get right now. She was like, oh, I'm just letting you know I'm going to spend $807 on something, but it's worth it. And I'm just like, what? I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, like this is this is what she does. She's like, oh, you're recording the podcast? Boom, I'm going shopping. So now it's just like, all right, I'm $807 less than the bank account. <laughs> it's Christmas, so, you know, maybe it's for you. I would like the hope it's for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing. Like, I don't know. What can I say? I spent a ridiculous amount of money on her presents, and it's only two presents this year. So it's like, yeah, go ahead. At least she asked me. I'd just be spending money and just be like, yo, listen, it is what it is. Um, shout out to ESPN <laughs> 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 for making that a possibility. Um, all right. So we're starting off with match of the year now that I know my bank account is lighter. Let me brighten up my, my, my day. Match of the year men's for 2021. Dre, you start. Dre never Sing, starts. Singles match of the year? I mean, so are we doing a tag team match of the year? Or no, how no, are we no, doing? no. No, match of the year men's. We're so it could be a tag, a tag team. Correct. All right, so this Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. That's that's it. That End of story. There's Why are we going to all agree on this? <laughs> because it's, it's easily, like I've watched this match like four times. Because I was just like, I can't believe this match after that that near fall with Ray Phoenix. Like, and the, the way they kick kicks in another gear after that, some great matches this year. That's the one. That that's the one, unquestionably, for me. Yeah, like listen, that's mine. Lucha Bros versus when I looked at it, I was like, damn, this is so good. Um, Walter Dragonov is second. Like right that's behind right. that. Um Walter Dragonoff two, and then Brian versus Omega. I mean, you could pick one out of those. Um, the, the one, the one match that goes like fl- flies under the radar is Osprey versus Shingo. Like a lot of people forgot about that match. Good match. I mean, I, I thought their match. What they faced off in the finals of Super Juniors two years ago. Which was another absolute classic. That, that's that a five star match for me. That was, I think, that was my match of the year that year. Like that shit was nuts. Yeah, but they had a different match. Like oh, if you go back and watch it, they had a, these yeah. two guys had a different match, and I'm like, how the hell do these two have a different match? That flew under the radar. Um, but yeah, Walter and Dragonov. It's almost a crime that NXT has changed, and we haven't heard from Walter or Dragonov since. What the fuck are we doing? Anyway, I don't know what's going on with the UK brand. I don't know what's going on with 2.0, but I don't like it. <laughs> NXT 2.0, where we get rid of NXT UK. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. Let's kill it. <laughs> Everything. Is, Why? Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, it's going downhill on that side of things. Cole, um, Cole, what, what's your match of the year? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got a few matches here just written down. I, I think the way I got my list is I've, I've got clear winners, but definitely have some ones I want to shout out as just far as honorable mentions. Um I think uh, this year's Money in the Bank ladder match was fantastic on the men's side. I think Rollins, Rollins Edge, Hell in a Cell was fantastic. Might be talking about that one a little bit later. Um, a big shout out. I want to give a shout out here to GCW here real quick because Ooh. 
Matt Cardona, Nick Gage, mm. the scene, the scene of Cardona beating Gage and that crowd throwing all the garbage in the ring. They're both a bloody mess. Like just it's like maybe not the, the greatest match ever to say, but just the scene of it. And that's what really encapsulates pro wrestling to me is when you can create that kind of moment. That's a moment that I think like Cardona coming in and basically like he literally said in the interview afterwards, he's going like the champ is here and he's pulling all the WWE <laughs> shit out of GCW and they just hate him. Just like brilliant booking. That was good. brilliant scene. Yep. Really, really good. Just, just good time, like good timing on all their parts. So wanted to shout out Cardona there. That's, that's, that was awesome. Um, I have, I have Lucha Bros and Young Bucks in my honorable mentions. It's okay. really like it's really right there. You could make it the one A one B of of match of the year. Um, I mean, shout out to an Avalanche Canadian Destroyer <laughs> off the top turnbuckle. Insane. What the what what the actual fuck was that? Insane. I mean, the way his head just like popped and he literally went another three feet in the air is just stupid. Yeah, I mean, complete spot fest and in all the best ways that like that's what tag team wrestling should be. You know, like when it's when it's chaos, introduce chaos. And that's all they did. What a match. Um, but, uh, you know, I have a name written down here and he and, you know, he's going to appear quite a few quite a few times as we're talking about him. Uh, you know, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson has several match of the year candidates. Yes. Uh, oh, that yes. you could that you could ar- argue about. Obviously. Brian and Omega 30 minute draw. What a match underrated. And maybe not much as, as heard about Brian Danielson, Minoru Suzuki. Yes. And they just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> they just great. Love oh, great. And it was so like the storytelling of that match was so good. The physicality of it, but I'm going to give it to a, a late entrant in the game. And it's another draw. And it's the 60 minute draw yep. between Brian and Hangman Adam Page. The physicality of that match, of that, oh, the, the spots that they were doing 55, 57, 58 minutes in, I mean, they kicked the shit out of each other. And the fact that they were still standing. And also, incredible, huge shout out to Brian Anderson doing a 30 minute draw as the face against Omega and then doing a 60 minute draw as a, I mean, what are we what are we talking about here? And we'll we'll we might we'll we'll definitely be talking about Brian oh, yeah. Anderson later, hundred oh, yeah. percent. But uh that's gonna that's going to be my match of the year. And I think one A, one B, you, you could do Danielson, uh draw against Page and then Lucha Bros Young Bucks. I mean, just what a what a year. What a year for some incredible matches. Jesus, AEW? Yeah. What a, what a fucking year. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, again, yeah. in ring, they are the standard right now. For I mean, ring matches, like whether it's on television, whether it's pay-per-views, whether it's one of the random ass little specials that they do, they just give people what they want. They're in an indie promotion on steroids. I mean, they're pro wrestling. They're not sports entertainment. They're, sure. they're like straight up pro wrestling. and They, they do it right. This this was a f- I mean, I don't, you didn't even put promotion of the year down, but they ran away with this shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on, like that's not even. We're gonna, I think, I think in a lot of these awards, I think a lot of us are going to be probably slanting towards AEW, and that's not to say the WWE did not have moments this year, but I think we can definitely wholeheartedly agree. I mean, it a a banner 
if not like the year of AEW, uh, just like really, if if you didn't know, now you know. It's really kind of how I would describe this year for AEW. They're yeah. settling into what they do. Um, match of the year, women's. We should get some more like diverse answers, maybe. maybe I'll not. go first. It's Bianca and Sasha for me. Oh, I don't think it's uh, to me. It's it's close. Not even close. There's, there's a starter match that I am watching right now that I haven't finished yet. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. And I'll revisit this when we talk about a wrestling show that hurts really good. But Bianca and Sasha had a fucking terrible build. It was awful. But the match itself, Bianca catching Sasha doing the, the, the dive and then walking her up in a gorilla press up the steps. And this is like three minutes into the match. It's match of the year. And then Bianca winning. It's, it's, it's my women's match of the year. And yeah, I know that like AEW's had some great matches. There's been some other really good matches, but this happened on the in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, they killed it. And it was Bianca's like true coming out party. Now, I can't speak to the bullshit they've done with her since. It's funny. The funny thing is, I watched Raw on Hulu because like it's I can't take it. <laughs> like I it's really hard for me to watch. Uh, 15 seconds, seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. Oh, God. But they've omitted the the hour and a half version of uh, Raw on Hulu takes away the entire Dujab Bianca feud. Really? It's not on Hulu at all. Oh, that was actually a pretty good match. She got a good reaction. Um, I have to go back and watch it, but it just tells me it's like, God, what have y'all what have y'all done to Bianca? And people like she's fine. She's fine. I'm like, no. She never needed to lose that title the way she did. No. I was okay if she lost it, but not the way that she did. And Piper went, looks great in that feud too, though. To be honest, does? like Piper, not Dewdrop. I'm calling her Piper Nevin. Uh, her mama named her Piper Nevin. I'm calling Piper. And I, I so, think that's all fair, but there's there was a better way to get to this point. And Bianca, like when I went back and watched that WrestleMania moment, and now Sasha's playing babyface again. Like, what the fuck happened? After this match, it's like they completely blew what they had, the momentum that they had. But that's my women's match of the year. Yeah. Mine is the same. Because, I mean, again, that moment, main eventing, delivering. Sasha at the end just smiling, looking, you know, on from outside the ring. It was perfect, regardless how it was handled afterwards or whatever it may have, you know, what we see here in Vegas SummerSlam, where... I was just like, fuck, just the end of that was so anticlimactic of Bianca's run. But that moment, that moment was special. That moment created new fans in general, not just new young girls as fans, any new fans in general. That moment was special. But my honorable mention, because Cole does honorable mentions, I would give an honorable mention. Um, The street fight in AEW where Britt Baker, she just has the crimson mat. Like that was this year. I think it was January. Really? I think it was March. Wow. Yeah, yep. oh, yeah that was a hell of a match. Yeah, it was a crazy match. Um, and it made Britt Baker just a star and then pushed her into her title run. And yeah, so she had just come back from like the knee injury. So she couldn't do like any crazy high spots or anything like that. It was like, oh, we're just gonna beat the shit out of each other. So Britt Baker, street fight, that's definitely runner up. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I have I have three matches on here, but there's 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 a, there's a clear, clear one, a one B situation happening here as far as like there are two matches that just stand above them all. We've already mentioned them. I do have on here as well. I think the Charlotte Becky Survivor Series with no 
really kind of no build but then them kind of introducing anytime you introduce like the real world stuff of like well do they actually like each are they actually <laughs> friends and really kind of adding to that mystery was really effective for that feud even if it was weirdly placed we had to shift becky who was on a heel run to be the face of the fight and she went back to heel like it was very weird dynamic uh, on its placement and where it was i mean that's just survivor series in a whole but that that i just put on there as an honorable mention but i mean you guys hit the hit the nail on the head i mean gosh i've gone back and forth on on who my winner is on on this one uh, between bianca belair sasha banks wrestlemania Main eventing, night one of WrestleMania, is these two women. I mean, it's the moment. It's the it's the scene. It's 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 the match itself. It's you know it's horsewomen versus the the next budding star in in WWE until we decide to just you know take a hard left turn at SummerSlam. <laughs> um, sheesh. Um, but yeah, I, I've got I've got Thunder Rosa, uh, Doctor Britt Baker on here and i've got that as my winner and i think i have that as my winner because i think it gave that particular division in aew that was looking for their 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 true like face of that women's division um for that for these past really since existence i think you know they, they've they've really struggled to figure out who's going to be kind of the driving force of that women's division and that match solidified it completely and 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 turning dr Britt baker heel the crimson mask with the smile it's just a, it's such an iconic image um i gave that one just just like the slightest bit of an edge mostly just because of the promotion stake but i mean bianca belair sasha i mean what a match and what a what a scene what an unbelievable what like that was that's the standard bearer of like the matches so i don't know it's tough i think you guys have talked me into bianca belair and sasha banks being the number one <laughs> match so I think we're going to go there, but 1A, 1B for sure. No, 100%. Um, good year. Not a bad year for women's wrestling. I, I feel like it has to pick up again. But AEW, again, you know, that was their weak point a year ago at this time. And now we're seeing more talent in there. They're, they're bringing talent in from through the ranks, you know, not just having to take WWE talent or former women who are established. So I think they're doing a better job than they were last year in that department. Um, wrestler of the year, men's wrestler of the year. I'll start. Brian Danielson. This is this isn't even close. Easy. This Brian Danielson for me too. Cole, are you making it three? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or who Kenny wants, Omega, who, wants, who, who did wants such to, heavy lifting for who, nine who, months. Who, who wants to who wants to go into the explanation of, of why Brian Danielson is <laughs> the, the I mean the, the there's so many I mean, I'll start. I'll start. Go for because it. This motherfucker wasn't even supposed to be at WrestleMania and then shows up and is the gel that tears that man, like holds it down. He starts off feuding with Roman Reigns and has such a great match that Vince is like, well, you got to kind of be in WrestleMania. Now, obviously, I, you know, I did an interview with, with, with him. And it, I, I, when I said it, I, Kel, I think I told you, I was like, I think he's out of here when I did yeah. this interview because he kept saying things that I was like, there's no way he's saying stuff that he's staying with the company because he mentioned things like he wants to see Chad Gable get over. He wants to see Cesaro get over. I don't want to be in the WrestleMania main event. I want to work a hair versus match match and triple A. And I was like, this is not a WWE guy talking, but he go, he finds himself in this spot and then he, he just tears it down. Then he's like, all right, I'm out. 
And then he shows up in AEW, and then he has better matches? Like, you main event WrestleMania, and then you have better matches? And then, not only that, not only are you smoking it with Kenny Omega in an arguable match of the year, you fucking turn heel after beating Miro, and then you go into a 60-minute match with Paige, which, which, Cole, you just mentioned, and you play the, the heel role just as, if not more effectively, as the babyface role in a longer match. And, and you didn't win either of them. And I've seen people complain that there was like, I didn't like that they had a draw with Danielson Page. Shut the fuck up. Because that match was so good that it left us wanting more. It wasn't, look, I've always thought Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart is one of the most overrated matches ever. And I love them both, but that 60-minute match is a fucking slog compared to what we watched Danielson do with Paige and Danielson Omega just, just burning the joint down. Not to mention, this fucker's promo work has been incredible on both sides of the coin. There's no question. There's going to be people that are going to say, Roman Reigns. There's going to be people that say, E. And he's my, no, there, there's one guy that, you don't you and like you don't even jump from to from one promotion to the next and then get even better. Like, remember when I said we gotta have a conversation about Daniel Bryan and Brian Danson on the Mount Rushmore pro wrestlers all time? All time. Yeah, he's he's pushing for that. Pushing, he's here. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, this- he's he's here because he's wrestler of the year after having a career ending injury. When he was already the wrestle of the year twice and three times over in Ring of Honor, he yep. showed up in WWE as a guy who like, there's no way this is gonna work. Anybody who watched him in Ring of Honor was like, there's no way he's he got the Miz as the mentor. This is not gonna work. He skirts all that shit, becomes champion as a heel, gets kicked in the face by Sheamus at WrestleMania, loses in seven seconds, becomes an even bigger star, goes against everybody, creates the yes movement, becomes even a bigger star. Loses his career. We're all like, oh, this sucks. He comes back, and then it's like he, he hasn't lost a step. Not only has he not lost a step, he's even fucking better. The rest of the year, then, now, and forever is the WWE slogan. That's Brian Danielson. <laughs> that motherfucker is incredible. This is, you know what? Like, um, this is very reminiscent to when Sean came back. This is better than that. For the second one. Yeah. And I, I think, again, we're a year in, right? So I'm not like going crazy yet to be like, it's better than Sean's run. It's no, no, no. Wait, starting wait, wait. off it, 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 it's to more be than a, better than Sean's run. It's more than a year in. He's been back for more than a year. He Remember, really? he came back. With, yes. Two? He came back with Shane at WrestleMania. He tagged oh, with Shane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but then after that. He gave that, like Bray Wyatt his best match. So this well, is too. But, but not like, only that. Remember, he was champ. He put Kofi over. Yep. yep. Oh shit, Kofi Mania was him. He was healed with the with the the the, the hemp belt. Re- the the recy- the recycle movement. Yes. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, this is this is better than Sean's second run. No, this this is and like fuck rest of the year. We have like again, he is one one of if not one of the greatest like pro wrestlers of all Ever. time. Like there yeah, anybody who argues this because you can say Brett, you can say Sean. Brett went to WCW and like, yes, they they did him dirty. Bischoff did him dirty. Wasn't the same guy. Got injured. Was the end of his career. Brett's career was really WWF centric. He did some stuff in Japan, but it was really WWF. Sean never left. He was in one place. 
this Brian Danielson has been everywhere and has never missed a beat. Literally yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I think piggybacking off of that, you know, uh, like it's just, just speaking of like the perspective on, on this year for, for Brian Danielson, I mean, not only will it never be replicated, uh, going between these like two promotions like that and not only having good matches on one side, but then going to the other side and just doing even better. I just, I don't see that being replicated ever again. I think this is, you could easily argue this is one of the greatest years any wrestler has had mm. of all time. Yeah. I think, I think main uh, events in WrestleMania main evented WrestleMania and gave the as best a TV different match name. ever. <laughs> like what? He was Daniel Bryan. And then he was Brian Daniels. Um, Crazy. Un- I mean, yeah, it goes without saying. Is I mean, this the I think best wrestling year ever. Like I me, mean, now you got me thinking, Cole. Like, think about who. I mean, who is really like who is really touching this? I don't know his match with Roman, like you mentioned, the feud with Roman, the WrestleMania match, and how well he pulled that off. It's unreal. Then leaving and then coming back to AEW debut. Him, Miro. I mean, he has like three legit five star matches this year. It's for two companies. It's Dude, and he's doing. He did this shit on TV. Yeah, not even like like he like, he worked AEW matches like this. Like, he did he did the Suzuki match on YouTube. So he's going even off TV. He's doing house shows better than everybody. Else, for God's sake, it's it and, unbelievable. And Cole, you had hit it on it earlier, but it's like he worked babyface and heel this year. It's unbelievable. Like I I watching those two matches back like back to back and he's two completely different characters and he nails it both times just in the storytelling of the match where i mean he's a mod he he is truly like the modern day Shawn michaels and you have yeah. to yeah i i don't think you can after a year like this you can't you can't ha- start that conversation of a mount rushmore without including brian danielson you just can't it's it's a year that will never be replicated ever again or if it is like i can't wait to see it I don't know but how you can. I think, like, I think this is one of the greatest wrestling years for any particular individual of all time. I don't think we're ever going to see anything like it again. But I do. I will say, like again, like best year of all time. There were other wrestlers that had good years, let alone great years. Big E becoming like proving to everybody he's championship material and could be that guy who carries the mantle. Edge, another guy with a man what a great what a great year for wrestlers who had their careers ended by spinal <laughs> great year yes. for them edge had a terrific year roman reigns you can't i mean this is finally i feel like the year that i think his whole thing is acknowledge me i think we can finally everyone can take a deep breath and acknowledge roman reigns as one of the top performers in all of wrestling he's not being shoved down our throats as a face anymore he has gone full heel and he has done terrific at it. And him, him and his work with Paul Heyman, some of the best stuff that's been going on in the past couple of years. And obviously Kenny Omega, you gotta, you gotta give it, tip your hat. The heavy lifting. You gotta tip your hat to the guy who, you know, someone's got to set the table for, for those, those, you know, the Brian Danielson matches, the, obviously the Adam hangman page match, someone's got to be that table setter. And uh, you know, he was, so, you know, a lot of good and great years, but, no one's such a that. No one's such a Brian. It just was. There was there was no question about. It. This is the easiest category. Yeah. Like when I saw it, I was like, "There's, there's." When I thought about it, I was like, "There's no question." I just reflect. I was like, the first thing I thought about I was like, "Yeah, we got We got to have this conversation about this Mount Rush because he's he's 
that good and then some. Like I was yeah. watching, I watched the Mania match again, and I was like, man, he was so fucking good in this match. Then I watched when he arrived at AEW, and I was like, man, he was such such a good baby face. But when he turned heel, it happened so organically in the midst of a promo. And then the crowd was like, hey, man, fuck him. And everybody just kind of rolled with it. And it was like, who does this well on both sides of the coin? Like Roman struggles as a babyface. A lot of guys struggle going from heel to babyface. Brian does not. Like Seth Rollins. Seamless. Yeah, Seth Rollins is so good as a heel, they turn a face and it sucks every, and it, fucking every time. time. Every time. Every time. They do it with Rollins every time. It's like, man. This this whatever he's doing as a heel, great. The JJ security, great. Turn him face. I hate this. Turn him back heel. That's now like now he's yeah. dripped up. He's all dressed up. We like I love this shit. If you turn him face, it's not gonna work. It's but- so tough. It's so tough when like the top two guys in in WWE argue, arguably, you know, are are both heels. Like they can't they can't go against each other, right? Like Seth, yeah. Seth versus Roman can't really happen because they're both bad guys, you know. Yep. And they were both and like they, there's a natural feud there, but it just doesn't quite just doesn't quite work you know unless you turn roman fate but we've seen that and like eh, it ain't gonna work it, it it's won't just not work. it's just not gonna work so what a year for for brian daniels and we i don't think we could sing his praises enough and and no. i just i i i'm interested to see what 2022 holds for him I, maybe he can top it i don't know but what a year what a year yeah the next we have wrestler of the year women's women's wrestler of the year um i'll get mine out of way quick i'm always biased Sasha Banks is women's wrestler of the year. Um, I just love Sasha's work. Just she has the women's match of the year. Everything she's put in this year, maybe not as clear as previous years, but Sasha is my number one and Sasha is Bay, and I will ride this into the night. Oddly enough, my honorable mention is probably everyone else's pick and that's Britt Baker. I mean, she became a star this year more of a star she carried that division she gave it a real champion and elevated that belt like aw hadn't had before so if someone chooses Britt baker i can't knock it but i'm taking sasha cole uh well it you took you took the answer right out of my mouth we're going dmd dr Britt baker uh yeah finally having her go heel She's worked terrific as a heel. Her her stuff with uh, Shivani is terrific. Um, <laughs> the Christmas picture think, where he yeah, stands, oh. she sits on his lap is incredible. And and I think she's really yeah. We talk about you know elevating the division. I think she's she's bringing everybody up with her, and I think that's yeah. what makes her wrestler of the year. I think you know the her her matches with Thunder Rosa have been amazing and even as as we go on and we're she's going to continue to have matches with these you know with the other girls in the division obviously we had ty conti you know we're gonna at some point feels like we're gonna have the jade the jade cargill match is going to some 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 sooner rather than later unless they give her the tbs belt which i don't see i don't see that necessarily happening um i think that's probably ruby soho's to lose um i think that just makes the most sense for for kind of that booking and the way that they've booked Jade. Um, you know, I think my, my only other honorable mention here, other than other than Britt Baker, who, who, who wins this category for me, is it's Bianca. And if the reason she's honorable mention and not the winner is is what they they did her they did her so dirty at some point. <laughs> they, they, they and we'll dirty. we'll talk about this more in, in, in more of these categories because I, I think to me on the WWE side, there's really only one one you know one woman woman who really stood out to me as far as like 
really like taking, you know, their talents up to the next level and really standing out in that division. And that's her. And I think they've done some things to help recover what happened there. And I think that's what, you know, make, makes us make sure we have to mention her in this category. You know, I think her being the, the lone survivor survivor series helps. I think doing the, doing the giant drop on do drop was yeah. amazing. Great image. Um, huge shout out to her. Um, and obviously the WrestleMania match goes without saying we've already talked about it. Just hopefully, you know, she keeps on the up and up because that, that title reign ended too early and she's got way more potential than that. Yeah. I'm disagreeing with both of you guys and I'm picking Bianca. Um, and again, this is a complete toss up. I think there's no wrong answer between the, the three of these women. Uh, Britt Baker saved a drowning division. Clearly. The Thunder Rosa match, uh, her promo work, her heel work, her relationship with Shivani, all been great. Uh, winning the title, all that's been great. Sasha, she's arguably one of the best pro wrestling in the world, period, in, in j- terms of what she's willing to give to this business. And the fact that I like looked up all of Sasha's title reigns, all of them are like dumb short. She's never had like a really long championship reign. She just kind of hands the title over which is criminal in itself. Um, But I'm picking Bianca because not just the WrestleMania match, but talking about a a breakout year for an individual to become like not just a wrestler, but to become a star outside of the construct that is the horsewomen and defying the odds. Because let's be completely honest, supposed to be Rhea Ripley. That was supposed to be the one. Yes. And for whatever reason, they blew it. Bianca just couldn't be denied. She does things, and the, the, the reason why I picked Bianca is she does things other women just simply cannot do. Like I mentioned her catching Sasha and carrying up the the do drop thing, watching her work the Rumble, watching her work Survivor Series, her promo work. And the funny thing about WWE, and I think we'll, we're going to talk about this with every category that we mention WWE talent in, the ones that shine do it in spite of terrible booking or terrible writing. Like the Sasha Bianca match shouldn't like that. The, the build to that match stunk and they ended up having a great match. Seth and Edge had a phenomenal match. And I felt like it was on the verge of burning us out with the way that they treated those two week in and week out. And then uh, Sasha, I know you picked her, but I, her second half is like her babyface run stinks. It's, it's not good. And it's not her fault. They should have kept her heel. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't hurt Bianca because they decided that Becky needed to be the savior for reasons that are still unbeknownst to me why they pulled the trigger on her like this. But I just think there's no other woman on this planet that does what Bianca Belair does and does it so well and is so unique. Just hopefully they don't fuck this up. So hopefully this isn't the last year I'm not, I'm talking about Bianca Belair and then she ends up being like Bianca ASH or some dumb shit like that. <laughs> I- I, 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 yeah, I would, I would just say like that you can't talk about women's wrestling this year without mentioning those two names in particular, Britt Baker and, and Bianca Belair. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any question that but between those two, like you, you, you could, you could, you could pick a name out of a hat. I think un, just both had unbelievable years. And, and like you said, yeah, Bianca, this cannot be the last of, of Bianca. So push Bianca 2022. Let's go. Hopefully. Let's go. I mean, in the end, though, horse women must pose, right? Like, Ugh, gross. We, we we know what it is. 
Um, and even like Charlotte, it's just like, oh. Also like with, Sa- with Sasha, like just keep her on one side of the aisle or the other. I feel like they sw- she switches more than anybody in that division because it never quite seems like WWE is quite, they're, they're like, we have this incredible talent. What do we do with it? Uh, she's healed this time. She's baby face this time. She's healed this time. She's baby. It's just like, keep her on one side. And just like let her ride. She makes she she does good work on both sides. Make her heal. Just just and just stick with it and just keep going with it. And just just like I want to see them do a little stick to itiveness when it comes to Sasha. Because again, all of them so are talented. heels now. That's what's so crazy. Like yeah. all four horse women are heels. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't except for Sasha. That. Except for Sasha. Sasha. But I mean, they she was just a heel, right? So like it comes down to the point of like if you have to have them face each other, like you're between a rock and a hard place Indeed. what they should do is just pull the trigger and have them crew up. But now it seems as though there's like legit beef between some of them. But if there was ever time to just be like, yo, really establish the faction as what it is like a real faction. Well, you know what they should do is put other women over that way. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, that I mean, would be smart, but like, why not give them all the belts, right? Like you have two champions, Charlotte, and then you have um, Becky and, when uh, Bailey comes back, have her heel, her and Sasha be the tag champs, and they have all the gold, and they're the four horse women between both brands and dominating tag champs float anyway, and you have them be the big bads, and then you use that for like Bianca to lead a crew and get the belt for um, the chick with the Jordans. I forgot her name, Liv Morgan, to come back and get a belt to chase. <laughs> Uh, you you use that for Nikki A.S.H. to chase her and Rhea to chase the tag titles. You have these people be like so dominant because you just heighten what you really do in real life, which is we dominate all the belts anyway. Give us all the belts. And then you build the baby faces off. Yeah, I hate it. (laughs) Like the reason why I hate it is because I know what you're trying to say, Kel, but the problem is if that were to happen Mm -hmm. politically behind the scenes, Charlotte ain't giving up that power. It's just not happening. Like, Bianca's the only one that's gotten over. If you really look at this, it's like she she buried Rhea Ripley. And whether you want to blame Vince or Rick or whoever, they had an opportunity to make another star with Rhea Ripley, and they blew it. Nikki got the title for three seconds. Now she's mid-card. She's nobody. So if you were to create this four horsewomen as a stable, It's like Bianca is the only one that could do anything. But how long will it be before they push her back down too? And and it goes back even further with Asuka. Like, yeah, she got buried undefeated doing all these great things. in NXT comes up to WrestleMania. Oh, nope. Can't win a WrestleMania. Like, yeah. And that, and now, and like, she like had all that undefeated stuff. I don't think she's won a WrestleMania match. Yeah. Ever. No, No, she hasn't. Like, what are we doing? Like, just com- completely buried. Awesome. She should be coming back soon, too, from injury. So we'll see yeah, what but, but happens with that. There, there's so much, like, the problem with the women in WWE, and people are going to, they may disagree. It starts and ends with Charlotte. Whether, yeah. whether it's her fault or not, in terms of leveraging her power or because Vince just really loves her, it starts and ends with her because if you can't get through Charlotte, who cares? Yep. Like, it, it just doesn't matter. Nikki couldn't get through Charlotte. It's over. Rhea couldn't get through Charlotte. It's over. Bianca hasn't had the opportunity to work a full program with Charlotte yet. And who knows how that'll turn out. It could be over. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It could be over. Whereas with like Sasha, 
Sasha puts people over. Like I mentioned her, her transitional title range. Like she hasn't had a sustained title reign and she doesn't win at WrestleMania. Like Sasha needs to have that moment, but she's, she seems a lot more selfless, which is crazy because if you go back to her, them losing the tag titles to the Iconics and the rumor that Sasha threw this fit backstage and people are like, she's so selfish. No, Sasha just wants shit to make sense. Yep. She's the only person that sits there and goes, it doesn't make any sense. The Iconics, they're not like really a tag team. We're trying to establish tag team division. Me and Bailey, we work like we work hard. Why shouldn't we anchor this division down and establish it? No, that's not what's going to happen here. Charlotte, on the other hand, Shows up on NXT. Hey, let's wrestle Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. Now, any any smart person will go, oh, yeah, she's going to put Rhea over and make her a star. No, she's nope. going to take the title from her. Then they're going to wrestle again, and she's going to beat her again. What are we doing? Women, Women's wrestling in, in WWE, as much as people say the revolution has been great, like, dude, look at Naomi. How long are we going to drag this fucking program out? I don't know. I thought this was like a reset for Naomi. She would have just been better being in the bloodline. I was going to say, I'm all on board to put her in the bloodline. Yeah, put her in the bloodline. Give her something Love important. It. We got Zia Lee. Hello, Zia Lee. How long is this going to last? Oh, the entrance is cool as hell, though. But It's cool now. It could just be it. Yeah, it could be over. Io Shirai is dying in NXT right now. She's like, get me the fuck out of here. You put all the- Mandy Rose is the champ. Get me out of here. <laughs> all the Bad way out of here. But I like, the, I like the crew Mandy has, though. I mean, the crew is cool, but Mandy Rose is the champ of a brand that was supposed to be the work the workhorse brand. And you got like Raquel Gonzalez, who I always say is not good. And you got Eo Sarai just kind of middling around. And all she's doing is being the angry Asian now. Uh, I'm not here for it at all. <laughs> angry Asian. <laughs> Look, at every time they show her, she's mad. And I'm like, why is she always got to? Thing is, I, her thing is putting herself in the trash can and jumping off things. And she always yeah. looks really angry doing it, which is it's funny. It's great. But like. You're absolutely correct. But every every time that she cuts a promo now, she cuts it in a, it, like Vince just loves making fun of Asian people. She cuts a promo in her language and then she storms off. Every promo she does now. There's so much more to Yoshirai than that. Get her out of NXT. Oof, bad. But don't put her on the main roster because she'll get buried there too. I don't know where she goes. All right. Let All right. me tell you about Turner this Broadcasting. I- no. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Make it make it a pitch over here. Um, <laughs> last one before we hit the break. Tag team of the year. Who you got? I'm, I'm going off the box with mine, so I'll save mine to that. Cole, who you got? Oh, this is record light. Hey, there it is. All right. So we'll see. Uh, Lucha Brothers, my tag team of the year. These guys. Yeah, man. Winning the tag team titles in AEW, wrestling FTR, wrestling in AAA, rarely if ever have a bad match. Ray Phoenix continues to be one of the most astounding talents in pro wrestling that I feel like, well, this singles run got to come sooner or later. Um, They're just that fucking good. Now, I hope heading into the new year, because as we see, AEW is extraordinarily crowded. But if they really want to do this, Tag team division the right way because you still have LAX lingering around. Now you have Red Dragon. You have the Young Bucks. You have FTR. There's got to be some kind of ridiculous mayhem match down the line with these three, like all these tag teams in, in like ladders and a cage or something that has to be involved. Because, <laughs> they dude, the tag teams are just too good. But the Young Bucks could win this, this award every year. But to me, this was the year Lucha Bros. 
Like FTR quietly has had this like really good year finally. But yeah, it's it's Lucha Bros. That tag match was just too stupid. I can't pick anything else. Yeah, I mean, again, it should probably be Lucha Bros. And then you have the Young Bucks with their character work has been as good as their in-ring. Like the trolling, the Jordans, they're just being super obnoxious. Them um, with Omega and the Good Brothers and everything they've done has been so funny. The Space Jam, like stupid entrance where they came out <laughs> and they were dunking. That was really cool. They... They just had a really funny year. They turned themselves up to like level 10, right? Like this is the super obnoxious young bucks that everyone loves. They're so much better than heels. Talking about like another group just made to be heels, right? Like this is what they should be. They shouldn't be baby faces. So incredible year by them. But I just wanted to go off to be empath because it's a team where I really like, I found very fun. And like Cole chose GCW earlier. Got to give shout out to GCW. It's probably my favorite tag team of the year. And that's Bussy with Effie and Alley Catch. Love them as a tag team. They just had a crazy match like a week ago, tore it down. They have been crushing it everywhere they've gone. My favorite tag team right now. Effie's the man. Effie's a superstar. Look, look at GC Dub. Yeah, like Effie is a superstar in my eyes. And I love all of their matches that they do together. Like, um, Ali Cat going to Ali Catch and like getting this edge and the her and Effie how they play off of each other is amazing. So that's that's my tag team of the year just because that's my favorite tag team of the year. Better accolades, other places, I get it. But if someone hasn't been at GCW show, if they haven't seen these two work, it was amazing. We saw Ali Catch like go through a door here in Vegas or something crazy um, when we went with Xavier Woods. With yeah. me and Dre, like she's had a great year in her own right, but yeah, I love them as a team, and you can't beat a team name like that. Like it's any reason to name your team Bussy is probably hilarious, so why not? But yeah, I think just these are two people on the indie scene that I I think are you know big fish, small pond. Like they are legit stars. They could sign any promotion, and I think they could shoot right to the top. They are amazing talents. Not and, any. The uh, WWE, it wouldn't work. With Alley Catch and NXT? Uh, nah. I think Effie could do it. Maybe Vin- maybe NXT, but NXT yeah. 2.0. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Um, Vince would look at Alley and be like, yeah. That's yeah. He tried to make I, a joke out of her. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, which couldn't be. But AEW, I think she fits right in tomorrow. Like, if you let her go there. I, I think she can work. Impact. Knockouts division. No problem. I think she works there as well. Um, when you look at Effie, call me crazy, and we have no reason to believe that WWE knows what to do with an openly gay superstar. Like, I, there's, there's no precedent for this. But if anyone could do it, I think Effie is that guy. I, I do. But I also think he works in AEW very well. Like, if they want to, if he wanted to do that, um, impact anywhere he goes. I just think he's a star. Really do. So, um, yeah, that's my favorite tag team this year. So I just wanted to think out of the box because tag teams are like AW centric. I think I think if we if we had like the conglomerate group pick, I think we probably would come to Lucha Bros 100. Yeah. percent But yeah, definitely yeah. want to shout out some of the other teams as well. Yeah. But, just wanted but, to be uh, a little spicy. Lucha Bros or Young Bucks. I mean, they're both both on top of their games right now. Yeah. Definitely. So 100 percent agree. Let's hit a break real quick. Come back. Four more awards to hand out. Show's been longer than I thought, but hey, we love pro wrestling. 
So uh, don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy dropped Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, we are back just handing out the rest of our awards. These probably aren't as in-depth, but just fun awards, again, to, to hand out that we do every year. Pay-per-view of the year. Or should oh, I just on. say event of the year? Event of the year. Because it could be like a television special. If you come know. on. There's only one answer to this. What's yours? Come on. All out? Yes. Okay, it's mine too. <laughs> I mean, come on. Is, it, is there any question that there's any show that came close? I've seen people it? say night one of WrestleMania. Yeah, those are WWE marks. There's no show that came close to the 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 wrestling and then Brian and Cole coming out of the end. Like, come on. Yeah. No, oh, all out we, we we talked about like as far as like AEW really establishing the brand, like if you want to go ahead and put a pin on a map of like, this is when this shit got real, you know, like that's, that's it. I mean, and, and, and then weeks before that CM Punk. So like, it just, all that stuff happened, bam, bam, bam. And it was just like, okay, they're, if you didn't think they were legit or you thought it was going to fade out at some point, nope. They're here to stay. And Punk versus Darby was so fun on that too. And it was all out, hundred percent all out. And shout yeah. out to Christian Cage and Omega. That that match, right. that match was really good. And I think a lot of people, you look at it in paper and be like, hey, do I? I know probably Christian Cage going to lose. Do I really want to watch this match? What a great match! Really yeah. good. Um, and hey, shout out to Crown Jewel actually being decent this year. Right. It um, was. Wasn't actually. completely horrible i mean circumstances aside that's always going to be persistent with that pay-per-view but actually had some really good matches and was actually like very watchable and also shout out to money in the bank uh with the john cena reveal was uh one of the moments of the year for sure but nothing comes close to all out yeah then we have feud of the year Oh, this is fun. I love uh, these because these are like objective. Like these are where it's like we can get weird. There's a lot of different places you can go with this. Go ahead, Dre. My feud of the year (laughs) is you almost ruined it for me, Cole. You almost ruined it for me because you said it earlier. A lot of people are going to say Hangman and Omega. Some people, which was originally my pick, was going to say Punk and Kingston. My pick, though, it's Cardona versus GCW. Oh, okay. Because the heat, that visceral <laughs> reaction of people throwing shit in the ring and Cardona being playing up where he came from to become the champion and then taking it to social media the way he did, that's my feud of the year because it wasn't supposed to happen. Versus the like, whole company. Their fans. The whole company. Everyone. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. It was Cardona everybody. versus everyone. Like, 
Because <laughs> at first, when we first did this category, I was like, man, I really like Punk versus Kingston because I thought their promo work was so good. And I really like Paige versus Omega because the way that they built it. And I liked Edge versus Rollins as well. And I've, I've, I've liked Roman and Brock because of the way Paul Hammond's been playing this. These are all great. But, yo, I looked at this GCW stuff and I was just like, man, yo, Cardona pissed everyone off. Like, legitimately made people mad. That's my feud of the year. Listen, I can't knock that. Cole, who do you have? What a, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad we were thinking on the same wavelength. I, I thought I was going to bring that up and just was going to be like, oh, oh, you know, no, no, that, that's, I mean, what an unbelievable moment. That scene is just incredible of all the trash, all the beer, all the soda bottles. And like, literally he comes in and every entrance, he's just flipping everybody off. It's just, <laughs> he's just such an anti-GCW you're, you're not going to get, and credit to him for being willing right. to step in there and know exactly what he was getting himself into. And not only that, but play the part exactly the way he needed to play. He didn't pretend to be anybody else. He said, I'm going to be the anti-GCW and I'm going to come in and I'm going to take the title off their guy. Like the face of GCW. Unbelievable. So good. Um, Yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got, uh, you know, a a couple honorable mentions. And I think when it comes to CM Punk, I feel like it's tough because a lot of these are kind of in vacuums and they were very kind of short-lived feuds, you know, the the quick and, you know, a quick payoff. Uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, that's great. I think he's been, he's been doing very well with those. I think you hit the nail on the head with Eddie Kingston um, and really brought, you know, I think the article, the, it wasn't the athletic. Um, yeah. There are the players should be, I can't remember which one it was, but that article coming out right around the same time as that feud was happening to really add the heat to that. And for CM Punk to play heel for a hot second in that feud, um, which is where I think CM Punk is, is by far at his best um, was, was really, really special. And, and that was a really good one. Um, I think still developing as we go, CM Punk and MJF, that's going to bleed over into 2022. And we're going to see payoffs mm-hmm. there. So I can't quite give it the award here. I'm going to give it to Seth Rollins and edge um, just seeing we had, a, we had like from a start to finish, had a good beginning, good middle, good ending. Anytime you pull the trope of, going to the opponent's house always a good classic <laughs> heel trick always really good um and i think they 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 definitely like picked a good moment for it it didn't seem like it was super contrived uh but like edge's promo work during that time just you know reminds everybody like why he's a hall of famer why he's one of the best to do it um and uh and yeah their match at hell in a cell was a perfect ending with the one caveat I have with any Hell in the Cell match, please, for the love of all things WWE, you tell your wrestlers in those kinds of matches with those crazy stipulations, you should never go for a pinfall like five minutes in. Don't never. do it. Never. It's a whole like grudge match thing. Like, no, no, no. They shouldn't be trying to get like a roll-up victory five minutes in or like yeah. a quick pin five minutes. No, 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 no. Like go 20, 30 minutes before I see a pinfall. Like, come on. Just, Punish each that. other. It's hell. That's, that's the whole point. And it's like, what, you try to sneak out with a victory? Like, unless it's like a real heel maneuver you're going for and like you're trying to piss everybody off, I get it. But otherwise, like, don't go for a quick pitfall. But that's that's the only thing I'll say on, on that match. But that's my feud of the year. Dre mentioned my feud of the year and his like honorable mentions. To me, it's Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. 
you know, they, they built it off of the tag team, um, having tag team titles to break up. Hangman Page leaves the elites. And then something I never saw working. And that's why it's my future year. I never saw this work. Hangman Page and the Dark Order work so well together. I loved everything they did together. When they came out for um, them versus the elite and the entire Dark Order comes out in the cowboy gear and they have the, the special entrance montage, that's great. Um, the gift that came out of it where Hangman is like the Michelin man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And he just pops up behind Kenny. And like state, takes... he's, a, he's a state puff marshmallow man, right? Yeah, they that's were what it was. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the marshmallow man. He pops up behind Kenny. I love it. Handled perfectly. And then to give Paige the payoff like they did, I, I think perfectly, perfect way to put over their next guy. And it was such a long build. The Dark Order stuff, I swear to God, I said it on this pod. I was like, it's not going to work. This makes no sense. I was like, Dark Order's done. Like, this... You got to be brooding and like weird. I was like, only Bray Wyatt can come in and like be. No, they turn it into something completely different. Dark Order as a babyface faction works very well. And it, it was just perfect. Perfect. Them and Hangman in the build to that and building a star. They saw it from the beginning. Yes, they've signed a ton of WWE talent. Yes, you can give Adam Cole the belt day one. You can give Daniel Bryanson the belt day one. You can give it to Miro if you needed to to Alistair Black, to uh, well, Malachi Black, to Andrade. You could have put the belt on all of these guys you just signed. They had a plan when they started that company that Hangman was going to be the guy in the future, losing to Chris Jericho was a seed, and they didn't give up on that plan. You signed the world. I, I'm sure they didn't think two years ago that they were going to get Daniel Bryan and CM Punk to legit wrestle schedules. You could have put the belt on them and wavered. They stuck to their plan. And it was a two-year build to this, culminating this year. Kudos to them, man. It worked. So that, that's my feud of the year. Fair. Yeah, Long, absolutely. Long-term booking. Uh, someone all, remind all, Ghetto all, of this. All, all three great picks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't – yeah, it really it really is like to, to each their own. But they, they all are uh, – some, some great feuds all throughout the year. Breakout star of 2021. This is my favorite category, but um every year and dre always asks me for a million caveats we're splitting every this year. into men, men's and women's right? men's and women's so men's breakout star of 2021 dre uh carmelo hayes uh Ooh. because as much as they've put into steiner who well, i'm not going to call brown breaker who I talked to yesterday it was a relatively dry interview. He didn't act like Steiner. He acted very like shy. <laughs> it was weird. Um, but they put so much energy into Breaker becoming NXT champion, carrying the company. But it's really about Carmelo Hayes or a guy who I've watched in the Indies is Chris Casanova. And you saw the work that he did with Gargano. He's got the NXT title. He's clearly getting the cruiserweight title off of Roderick Strong. Because yep. they, who needs a 205 title when all you do is sign guys at like 240 pounds? So getting rid of that title and merging with a North American title and calling it whatever the fuck they're going to do. You look at the guy. He doesn't really need trick. He's there, but it's unnecessary. He cuts a good promo. He went from babyface to heel pretty well. And I think he's just got this bright, bright future in pro wrestling. 
Hopefully NXT uses him the right way. I really think he's the guy that you can hit your wagon to. He's got the look. He can he can work a, a multitude of styles. He worked Cole already. Yep. He's the guy. I could I could pick a guy in AEW, but my problem with AEW is that they're so busy right now in the men's side, it's gonna be hard for some guy to break out. Like I love Lee Moriarty, but what I don't know what you're doing with him right now. Yeah. Like it's just not a lot of room. Carmelo has all the, the runway to take off. So I'm going to go with Carmelo A's. I'll go next. Save Cole for last. Mine is in the AEW. Um, I listen, I'm not captain of the hook bandwagon. I tell you, like oh, some fuck. people, you know, what? some yeah. people already, it, the guy's been around two months. They'll give it to hook. Yeah, already. shit. But I, I'm not going to give it to hook. <laughs> but I know that'll be a lot of people. I might change my pick thinking about to hook. You, Oof, it's God been two damn. months, Dre. Two months. I know, but this, <laughs> dog, there, there's no way you can't hit your wagon to this guy. I, I got to see it next year. No maybe, way. Maybe he wins it next year. It, it's an, I'm not even gonna say it's been three weeks. The man just made his debut, and it's been crazy. It's been three weeks, so maybe Hook hey, is my guy for next. We're forecasting year. the future. We're forecasting yeah. the future. We're not talking about what he did this year. We're talking about breakout. What he's doing next no, the year. breakout star of 2021. Is the category? Oh, I thought. Oh, no, yeah. No, well, Bray is twenty twenty one. Still, Carmelo. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, three weeks. I cannot give it to Hook. Yeah. No. No. He's he's my future. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Breakout star to me, and it's been quiet. Like, granted, he hasn't held like too many titles, or people will look like really. I think Ricky Starks showed that he is a star for that company. I, I think with Team Taz and. For so long, I, I still don't like the dynamic of Team Taz, but every time Ricky Starks is on the mic, every feud he's in, everything he does is money to me. Money. This guy is part of their future in a big way. To me, Ricky Starks took the, he took that next step of being like, no, I'm going to be a guy here. I'm going to be a main player. And he has the, the fake Taz belt now, but he uses it well. So it, it builds his character. He's the leader of that faction now it's ricky starks and everyone else so uh outside of hulk i guess but um i think ricky starks is that guy he's my breakout star of 2021 so yeah i you know my 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 pick might be it might be a little bit of a cop-out but i think my explanation for when i think breakout star you know it doesn't necessarily have to be brand new on the scene as much as just taking the next step in their career and seeing and seeing that out and, and, and having that kind of year that kind of um, not necessarily takes everyone by surprise, but just as potential fulfilled, I think. I mean, I even think you could you can make an argument for like, yes, is Biggie a star? Yes, absolutely. But he's now a champion and he's carrying that mantle of WWE champion. That to me qualifies as a breakout of like, sure. all right, we've seen it and now this guy can do it, and he's going to be that now for the rest of his career, and that's a huge step in his career. And so when I take a look at it from that standpoint, to me it's the year of, of, of Hangman Adam Page and him truly becoming their number one guy, and for many of the same reasons that, that you mentioned, Kel, for the reasons why it could not have worked. There's so many reasons. There's All those people came over. They had their bevy of talent all come in. They could have buried – hangman page we could have been like all right he he's just always going to have been that guy that yep. had that match with jericho lost had the tag team titles got rid of them 
And like that was kind of like his whole story and the way that that worked out kind of worked alongside AEW's rise as well with them getting the new talent in. And I think for him to persevere above that and for them to give him his payoff and really go, no, 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 hold on a second. We have all these great guys, but this guy's a world champion and he can he can bear the flag of AEW. And that to me is why I, I, I give him I give him the award for for him taking that next step. Um, and then send hook in 2022. <laughs> send hook. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I could have gave it to Xavier Woods as well. You know, just stepping King up. Of the King Ring. of the Ring. Sort of everything he's done with that. That's that's another guy. Hosting so, G4 and King of the Ring. What a what a life. Incredible yeah, really. year for, for Woods as well. Breakout star. Breakout star of 2021 for the women's side. I'll I mean, go last because I've been pondering this for a while. Because I, I, I feel like it's Bianca, but it's like I guess I'll go first. Um, because I feel like the table was already set for her to break out, and then she broke out. It kind of the way when Cole, when you mentioned E, and I was like, first I shouldn't say E because he's my friend, but look at all the shit he's done, and I helped him do, which is great. But <laughs> it's kind of like realizing Shout out to Andreas. Andreas, yeah. Andreas is push E by their flex. Yeah. Like, yo, yo, like me and he talked, we had a conversation yesterday. It was like talking about 2021 and he and I was like, well, you've kind of reached the potential that we all thought you already had. Right. And I was in, in my head when I was talking to him, I was like, does that constitute a breakout or is this kind of fulfilling a prophecy? And I think the same thing with Bianca Belair. It's like when we saw her as time went on with the Shayna Baszler, he was like, uh, this is going to be easy. She's going to break out. But the one, the pick that I'm going to pick is, is, is the woman is an AEW and it's Britt Baker hmm. because this wasn't supposed to happen. She was kind of a shitty baby face. <laughs> she was. No, and not kind of. And then the Thunder Rosa match happens and the Crimson Mask and it's like she's anchoring the division. So she's like my women's breakout. Like Jade Cargill, she's too green. She ain't there yet. She's not carrying the division. She's got future written all over her just like Hook does. But AEW's women's division is nowhere without Britt Baker. Nowhere. She, this, this was not fulfilling a prophecy. This was not realizing your potential. In my brain, I had buried Britt Baker as a baby face. I was like, this shit is over. And she defied all the odds. And now look at her. She's a star. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned... Jade Cargill, that's my choice. I, I don't think a title dictates, you know, stardom necessarily. Not that she, you know, you're saying it does, but I, I think she is green. She has a long way to go. She is the future of that division. I think we saw this year she's a star already. She I comes mean, onto the she, screen. She is a superstar. Yeah. She nope. definitely looks apart. Yeah, I, no one in that women's my, division in that company looks like her. Not one person. My my only caveat with Jade, and while I see all the things, like I keep saying it, is her, her ring work is still leaves a lot to be desired, right? It's relatively yeah. short matches where, in a similar case as Braun ba- Breaker, even though Braun like naturally is really good at offensively, like I haven't really seen her work from under yet. Like I, she's dominated just about every match, and when somebody gets offense and she's not really selling it that great. So yeah. I'm just like, eh, she's still that's that's my only caveat with Jade. Like she's going to figure it out. I just don't think like she's got star potential all over. 
But I just when I look at Britt Baker, I was like, yeah, motherfucker, you weren't supposed to be here. This wasn't supposed to be you. And this has become you. So no, that's fair. That's definitely fair. I yeah. think I mean, you know, the year she's had, has just been incredible. Um, and it's just I I don't want to say I could see it coming outside of this year. But when she had the injury, and she was feuding with Swole and she couldn't she couldn't do anything. She was just in a wheelchair at the end of last year and cutting all those promos and everything. And uh, Swole beat the hell out of her at the dentist's office. And she had this sense. Like I saw this year coming a little bit um, in terms of breakout, right? Like she didn't catch me by surprise this year. The past two years, I saw where it was going because that's where they tested out the heel turn. This is when she was in the, when she couldn't work and she had the knee injury and she was in the feud with Swole and then Swole took the golf cart and shit. And like, they did a lot of heel work and tested it out there. So I, I saw that like, oh, okay, the baby face wasn't working, but they tried the heel stuff, got a good reaction. So when she got back in the ring, it was off and running. Crimson mask, she was good. Cargo, I think I had only saw her in like a Sting match, right? It was like her in Red Velvet or some shit. I think Sting was in this match. I'm not sure. But I know it was her in Red Velvet and then like two other, or Cody was in the match. I fucking hate Cody. That was the Shaq. I think that was the Shaq match. Shaq match. I think she was That's in. what it was. It was a Shaq, was match. Shaq match. And then I was like, okay, like she has a look. But I think this year she really showed like she has the vignettes, the promos, the only thing that's missing is the in-ring stuff. And it's like, you're in a company where maybe there's four women who got it figured out. Maybe. So it's not like you're behind the ball necessarily for your company everyone's figuring it out with you You know they didn't drop her into horse women must pose so you got to be super polished or get left behind you know wwe has no excuse because they have women who are super polished and being left behind so cargo's like no you you're in a growing division still and you i'm telling you you look like the superstar of that company so um the test and Dre said this when I think it was like WrestleMania pressings or something. It's like these people walk in a room and you'd be like, yo, these people are stars. They look different. They look like they are uh, an attraction. They command that she walks in a room. She looks like an attraction. Britt Baker works in, walks a room. She looks like a dentist and that's no knock against her, but it's just Britt Baker looks nor like Jade walks in a room and she looks like a movie star. It's just a different level of stardom, I think. She took this year. Yeah, I think um, to to Andreas's point of, you know, prophecy fulfilled. Does that does that does that constitute breakout? And you know, obviously, I picked I picked Hangman Page, so I definitely agree with that. But also, I think there's so many aspects in wrestling where there is that prophecy, and the ball gets dropped. Talk about Rhea Ripley a little bit, mm. you know, where. Mm. That should be that should be the breakout moment. It should be it. You you go from this point on, um, and these are the reasons I, I, I give it to to Bianca uh, for for this award for breakout because it not only fulfilling the prophecy of of like she was right on the cusp and here take your next step, but she's been knocked down and now she's had to kind of pick her way back up again. And I think as much as WWE tries to hide it at times, I think she's working on it and starting to get there. And, and I hope that they maintain, you know, her as again, she's the only one who's seemed to be put, put over by the horsewomen. Right. So that in and of itself is, 
defying a lot of odds uh, based on <laughs> the conversations that we've had, right? So I think her kind of injecting herself into, you know, okay, well, there, there's the four four horsemen, but you got to, you know, who's the next person up? And it's Bianca. And she she put herself there she, with her with her work and her promos. And then she got knocked down a peg with the whole Becky Lynch thing, which again, we are all in unanimous agreement of what the actual fuck was that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, if you're going to turn back heel anyways, like do it in heel fashion. Like, oh, the opponent doesn't show up to the ring. Oh, she just mysteriously shows up. Three count, roll up. Like do do some heel shit, right? But they didn't know what they were going to do. And they were just like, give her the belt because everyone loves her. Um, so yeah, I think Bianca wins it for me, for sure. Uh, hands down. It's an interesting, I, I didn't think of Britt Baker that way for, for, for that reason, but I think we're kind of on the same wavelength of, uh, you know, between those two women. And again, I don't think any conversation happens in women's wrestling this year without mentioning Britt Baker and Bianca Belair. They're just two. I think when you look back at 2021, they're the, they're, they're the names you're going to see. hundred percent agree. And then last one to wrap it up a question we ask every year. And I always forget to go back and see who we picked, <laughs> but um, which star will have the biggest 2022. I think last year of my memory, um, isn't too crazy. I think I picked MJF to have the biggest 2021. And he had an okay year. The Jericho feud went too long for my liking. But I, I think he did okay. But if you had to pick who will have the biggest 2022, kind of like the year Roman Reigns had when he just came back and like dominated the, the narrative um, last year with Brian Danielson, like going back to the American Dragon, dominated um, got a wrestler year early projections who is that person next year i don't know uh, let y'all, <laughs> i'll let y'all go first because it's so much that has less to do with the talent and, it, and especially in wwe is like who does vince like this week yeah and i struggle yeah. with that because <laughs> it could change on a whim it, and it do, often does yeah so I'll I'll let y'all go while I think about it. I'll that. uh yeah, you know, I'll 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 pick a couple of I, I have a couple names here down on the women's side, and then I have my, my main winner on the men's side. Um, you know, I, I think Andreas hit the nail on the head, right? Who is Vince like this week? <laughs> and and who's gonna who's gonna come out of that crop and are they gonna come out of that crop? Um I'm hoping that I mean I'm hoping against hope at this point. For, for for Tony Storm, she's in a feud with Charlotte, and this could very well be the end. Uh, but I hope she I, I hope she's able to somehow persevere through that and get a push because I think she's very talented in the ring. Um, Kel, you mentioned Jade Cargill. I think at some point, training wheels are going to have to come off, and we're going to have to see what she's made of. And I totally agree that you know, and it's and and AEW's even made it abundantly clear they think she's the future. She's yeah. on all the posters. She's on all the commercials she's on all the promo stuff at the beginnings of the show. Like they, they've painted her as a superstar. They know what they have. Yeah. They, they feel like they know what they have and hopefully her in-ring in work starts catching up. Um, hoping, uh, and, uh, and speaking of AEW's women's division, I hope we get a little bit more push for, for Thunder Rosa, bring her back in here. Her matches with Britt Baker are fantastic. Um, I kind of hope Anna Jay gets a little bit of a push because I think, introducing dark order into the females division a little bit more is going to help a little bit. And we've seen dark order do great things or Hangman out of page. Um, Shotzi as well somehow survived the WWE threshold of, of women's division. Hell, please, please push through the tank. Yes. is too good. Uh, yeah. But my pick 
is your last year's pick. I think this is think this is the year we take the training wheels off. He's been groomed by feuds with Jericho. He's now in a feud with CM Punk. Let's figure out a way to finally unleash the heel of all heels that we've been hoping for. Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman, MJF, 2022. Do something stupid to get that title off a page and just get all the heat. Just do something stupid and just piss everybody off because his heel work is, I mean, he is in character 24 seven. That dude's on Twitter being like, I hate kids. Like not only, not only hate, not only hate kids. I hate your kids. Like (laughs) this dude is, he's got a, he's got that, that, that mean streak to him that goes beyond the ring. And I think that gives him an advantage going forward. I think he's, again, he's been, you know, they, they know he's, he's been green and they've been developing him. That's a big reason why he was with Jericho agree. He was with Jericho for too long, but I think that really helped him elevate his game and introduce MJF to the masses. Um, I think CM Punk's going to take it to another level. I mean, we've, we've all probably, we've all watched that promo uh, of them going back and forth and he's oh, yeah. handling his own on the mic against one of the guys who's the best in the world, uh, best in the world on the mic, <laughs> but he's holding his own. And I think that's, that shapes up to be a great feud for him. And at some point it's gotta be about getting the gold. And I think 2022, maybe not early 2022 by late 2022, I think MJF, is going to be in the picture for the belt um, at the very least, if not holding that belt. I like that. I, I hope that it is what we see going into next year. I really do. Um, that's a great pick. Uh, my pick, I felt like focusing on WWE because it is so difficult. Um, AW, I, I kind of trust that they'll do right by people. But WWE, I, I think we end next year. We're sitting here this time. I think Matt Riddle is WWE champion. So this few, I mean, the, the partnership with Randy, I, I think it takes a turn. Him and Randy have an amazing WrestleMania match. I think they use that as the turning point to put Matt Riddle over on Randy. I think we could see Matt Riddle as Mr. Money in the Bank as well. After that, giving him the briefcase. And you, yes, I know it usually goes to heels and everything, but him with the scooter, with scooting with the briefcase on it and all threatening and riding the scooter down to the ring and all that shit. They'll gimmick that in. And then, yeah, and then he goes and he, and he takes the title. And it'd be even better if he's universal champion. Because racking the brain and be like, who the hell can beat Roman Reigns after this run? Like, who has the credibility? He's beating everyone. How about a guy who was in the UFC before? How about a guy who can actually fight? How about a guy who you think is fun in games, just like we thought Big E, but you want to see Big E get an edge and be like, well, maybe that's how you beat Roman Reigns? How about a guy who is fun in games and no one expects it. And then Roman Reigns pushes him to get an edge in that feud and bring back out that UFC mentality and fighter in, you know, it's just the bro, I think is going to have his biggest year next year. And to me, he's that, he's that next guy in the WWE. Hmm. Man, I'm still struggling with this. Um, MJF is too easy. <laughs> Cole, it, it's because uh, he's already on that trajectory. It's like, dude, when's the last time he's lost? Oh, he's lost uh, six matches total in his AEW career. 
He's been pinned six times? Uh, submitted once, I think. Jericho beat him three of the times. Yeah. I, his it, last it too- loss on book is October. And then his team has lost three times outside of that. So he's lost three tag matches because, um, like, Wardlow would get pinned or some stupid shit. And then he's lost three singles matches to Jericho. Yeah. So, yeah. MJF was is too easy. Like it feels like they have to pull the trigger on him this year. At some point going into 2022, he's the people talk about like I saw, I saw some dumb Twitter thread and people were like, who would you rather have MJF or Braun Breaker? And people were like, Braun Breaker. I was like, no, no, no. You guys don't understand the value of a heel that is universally hated. <laughs> like it's like it's cool to be a cool heel these days and you eventually turn babyface yep. right yep. roman's done a very good job of keeping heat but mjf is nuclear heat even in his hometown people were cheering for him and booing cm punk that one week and he still was turning a lot of those fans by being a dick <laughs> mjf was too easy to pick uh i like your pick kelly riddle my problem is in order for him to be champ he needs an edge yeah and he's I don't see Vince giving him one. I just don't see. And I, and I don't see, I see this feud with this, whatever happens with Orton ends. And then riddles kind of stuck in no man's land feuding with Damian priest for the United States title or some shit like that. It's also possible. I, I'm just Uh-oh. hoping they <laughs> elevate him that next way. But yeah, I, I can also see that happening. It's, it's smart. Like we are like, me, Kel, we said it before. Matt Rills can't miss. But then I think he's too RVD cool, bro. And it's still yeah. happening. And while it's f- fun, in order for him to be champ, I need something else to happen. Yep. And it just ain't happening. So I've been struggling with this pick like while you've been talking because the, the, the names that have rolled around in my head are Dante Martin. Mm. Because I feel like once his brother does come back, I have no idea what his role is going to be, but they kind of positioned him to be something special. Then my other pick was Jay Cargill. She's going to probably hold the title at some point. But my pick is the guy that you picked for breakout last year is Ricky Starks. Mm. I feel like he's been hurt is the reason why he hasn't been on television. That's why he's doing commentary. Yeah. And there's a reason is that they did it with punk. They did it with Savage back in the day. They put you on commentary to make sure that you're visible. So when you come back, it's important. Mm. And I feel like it has to happen with Starks because he's too fucking good. Yeah. He has to hold that TNT title. Yeah. Like, I feel like it, it's going to happen. I feel like there's so many things. It's crowded. And it makes it really hard for me to pick a breakout in AEW because it's very crowded. Like Will Hobbs, I don't know what the fuck's about to happen with him. Brian Cage already pitched the bitch. He's kind of out of here. He's out. But... <laughs> But it's like with, with with Starks, Starks and Jungle Boy, the two guys. I'm like, man, you gotta, you guys gotta have big years next year. And but Starks is a guy who can talk, he can work, and he's kind of got a bunch of guys that look like him in terms of body type and size. A feud with Cole would be really fun. Yep. A feud with Jungle Boy, a feud with Dante Martin. Of like, they all kind of have that same. But they're not like overly muscular, but they all can work their ass off. And I feel like if the TNT title is going to be that, because let's be honest, Cody's got to fucking lose to Sammy Guevara. And if they don't turn him here, I don't know yeah. what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But he, it just feels like he's got all, he's a five tool player. He can work. He can talk. He's got the look. It's got to, to me, it's got to be him. I could be totally wrong. I'm picking Ricky Starks. Fuck it. That's who I'm hitching my wagon to. 
No, I like it. Again, I love it. yeah, there's there's so much talent there, right? Like, and then you just look at guys who aren't necessarily tied to a promotion right now. Jonathan Gresham with yeah. ROH folding. Like <laughs> he could work five different companies and we look and be like, wow, like this motherfucker went to G1. He he's um Justin Ivy just put in a group chat, he's going taking ROH belt to impact the next pay-per-view. He's show up on AEW, like the guy could have a match with Daniel Bryan that'll probably be five, eight, ten stars on the Melter rating. Like this is a guy who can blow up. Johnny Gargano is now a free agent. Like you don't know where Johnny's gonna show up. Johnny wrestling and come through. Like it's it's crazy, man. Crazy. So someone can just come and blindside us completely off of this list, or we can be talking about how Adam Cole went from, you know just chilling with the Bucks to dominating AEW next year. Yo, know, people need to chill out with saying, oh, I don't like how Adam Cole's being booked. Look, everybody oh, can't be at the top down. of the card. Yes. Yeah, like, like and, and on top of that, this guy is so fucking over. Oh, stupid over, right? Like, and it took him two, what, a year and a half to get the NXT title. Right. It's like he's, he's over and it's fine because now you have the, I don't know how they're going to play this out. I'm very curious because I feel like it has to happen where Red Dragon and the Bucks are feuding and Cole's in the middle. Right? I feel like it has to happen. It's like they're starting to, they're already setting it up. I yep. mean, that the you know, Red Dragon showed up and he was already like yep. looking yep. both ways, going like, I don't know, like hey, these are my friends. The young bucks are like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> and, and it makes it makes me wonder though, it makes me like, well, where does Cole like end up in this? Because the Bucks are a tag team, Red Dragon's a tag team, Cole's a solo guy. Yep. And he has to choose a side, and maybe they feud with Kenny Omega when he comes back, or he chooses none, because That's it's possible. it's almost inevitable that Cole's going to hold somebody's title before the end of twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, in yeah. that company, he's too good. He's too good. But yo, every time I hear somebody like, oh, he's kissing his friends. Yeah. Like, did you guys watch ROH? No, did you guys did watch New Japan? Like, no. you're criticizing this? What's wrong with you? Yeah, people are he's so over that I got his nickname. Damn it. Like man, this guy Adam Cole, and I want to leave it with this because when we talk about Bray, because he could have like this crazy year. Adam Cole is a guy. When you Kelly, you mentioned earlier, guys that walk in the room and they'd be like, "Wow, he's not that." (laughs) Like Adam Cole could walk in this room right now and be like, "Eh," but charisma, he's got it in spades. I this he doesn't look like it should work, which is why when people. I don't know if you guys have been seeing this. People, when Kyle O'Reilly left or when Cole left or Gargano, they go, they fear the grind of WWE. That's why they left. No, that shit is not true. What? No. Adam Cole, Vince looked at Adam Cole and was like, nope. He looked at Johnny Gargano and was like, "Mm -mm. no. Oh, they can go to the main roster? Yeah, they'll be out of here in like a few weeks. Cole is a guy who flourishes in a system like AEW and NXT where your work speaks for itself. That motherfucker can work and he can work a crowd and he can work everything else. I will be so I'll be stunned if he doesn't have somebody's title at the end of the year that the inevitable inevitable feud between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega is going to be fucking incredible. Insane. Insane. Has that, it has happened next year. Hopefully if, if Omega's back. Yeah. And yeah. him versus Brian is going to be crazy, too. Like, I can't. Can't wait. Dream dream matches uh, yeah. about in AEW so, right now. Yeah, it is going to be great. Um, that's our show for today, though, because it's two and a half hours of pro wrestling. 
people are uh, very happy, I am sure. Shout out to producer Cole Bebe for joining us. Uh, thank you, Cole, from Texas, calling in. Make sure you guys follow him at Coltrain, C-O-A-L-E, on Twitter. Appreciate you guys having me on the show proper. This was a lot of fun. Listen, really, man. really Amazing. loved it. And I can't wait to get back in the studio with you guys come the new year. It's going to be great. We're going to take yeah. this thing to the next level. Can't wait. It's going to be so fun. In the meantime, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Corner Podcast underscore on and on Instagram at Corner Club for Life. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Eyes Network. Shout out to Blue Eyes Studios, even though we're not there right now because it is the holidays at the Wynn Las Vegas. You guys stay safe. Please stay healthy. Stay Rona free. Let's enjoy next year. Let's have fun. Let's watch some wrestling together. We got to get you know back to a place where we can do that. We appreciate you. Until next week, though, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.